Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. Time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk for life of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul. For a chance to receive his mark Father, for the chastening. We thank you, Father God, for the correction. We thank you, Father God, for the um, the challenges, the trials, the tribulations, the different things that we have to go through, whatever it is. If there is a judgment that needs to come down upon any of us, Father, that it cleanses us and prevents us from having to become part of the wrath um, and ultimately becoming what some refer to as the tribulation saints. Father, let it happen now. Father, we cry out to you and we ask you in the mighty name of Jesus that if there is anything, there are things in my life, and I openly admit it, there are things in my life that I have to get right. Uh, they are not where they need to be. I suspect there are probably a lot of listeners, Father, that are probably in similar situations. Um, Lord, we we don't for many reasons because of the situations that are around us and the things that are happening to us and our families and such uh, we you know if we really know our scripture well we're not where we need to be uh, and uh, we need to be that glorious that glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing and holy and without a blemish and father we praise you for your chastening we praise you for your course correction we praise you for your fiery uh, trials and and uh, and whatever it is that we need to go through and we ask you, Father, with from the bottom of our heart, if there is more, uh, you know, stuff that we have to go through that is just really, really difficult for us to deal with, we pray in Jesus' name that you will bring us through it, that you will allow it to come down upon us, to hit us hard if it is, if that is what is necessary to be ready. Because, Father, you know, all of us, you know, we have been surrounded for well over 11 years with people uh, who mean well, I think, you know, really, uh, that have said a lot of things that are, well, just quite frankly, 
not correct. Uh, and uh, and we've watched a lot of our fellow brothers and sisters kind of slip and fall and go in different directions and say things that they shouldn't have have said. Um, and you know and, and you know, but none of us are perfect. And Father God, we just pray in the name of Jesus that we that you will teach us all to seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, to fall in love with you with all of our heart, that we feel absolutely blessed when we believe with all of our heart that we are walking in your in, in obedience to you and i and i pray father that you will forgive me for the for the times when i pretty much knew i shouldn't do something and i did and i just pray father in the name of jesus that you will just you know find an, an extra amount of grace we're asking you to pour out an extra double portion of grace upon every one of us as we struggle to find how out how we're going to be able to walk and deal walk in these days and to be able to deal with the things that we see happening around us and not um uh you know step outside of that that you know uh, Galatians 5:22, fruits of the spirit dynamic that we're all ad- strongly admonished to follow. Uh, step outside the be- becoming of the beatitudes, and not just the reading of the beatitudes, and to and to really con- continuously have a contrite heart, and to get joy in our heart because we are somehow able to pierce through the darkness and keep our mind stayed on things above, and not on things of this earth. Col- uh, Colossians 3, chapter or verse 2. Father, we just thank you. I I, I was just looking and I just want to give you praise for this. I was just looking at the Stanley Fraudstrom prophecy and and uh and about the seducing spirits coming upon the earth. And uh I see right here it says realize the severity of my judgments and my intense anger against that sin in my household. My judgment shall begin in my house, for I will cleanse my house so that it shall not be a partaker of my wrath, uh wrath against the iniquities of the cities. All right, Father, we just praise your holy name and we thank you for that. If we have to, you know, be chastened, let it, that chastening begin as soon as possible. If there is any chance that we are approaching, uh, that, that, that oh, oh, my goodness gracious, you're not going to believe this. You are not going to believe this. I have to take this phone call. I'm going to put on some music, and i got to take this call. Hold on a second. Hello there, Dr. Tribio. Is that you? How are you? Uh, I'm just fine. Um, hold on just a second. I'm uh, live on a radio show, but I got to take this call. So I'm going to put on uh, some music real quick. Um, and hold on a second. Here we go. All right. There we go. Driving down the highway. Love is like we live Trying to make some progress Just trying to get ahead I see a red light coming But I think I'll speed on through I've got places that I need to be And things I need to do But is this living life too dangerously? Instead of waiting for A green light patiently Waiting on you, God If I listen and obey You have never let me down And you've always made a way Just waiting on you, God If I have a little faith I don't have to understand I just need to wait 
Looking at the canvas of my life in front of me I want to take the paintbrush and draw things perfectly But I get so frustrated when my projects won't work out I throw the paintbrush down All right, 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 all right. <laughs> You know what that was? That was my doctor's telemed uh, uh, call that was supposed to be scheduled for 4.15 today uh, and actually came in live while I'm on the program. How about that? So anyway, she was like totally befuddled and confused and wondering why music was playing and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, I thought you'd find that kind of interesting. Uh, but the whole world is turned upside down. Um, and uh, And I know, you know, I don't. I don't know what to say to folks. I mean, I wish that I could give you good news. I'd really like to. Uh, but I can tell you that it, there isn't a lot of it. <laughs> the only good news is that if we get our ducks in a row and we really, really seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, and, and when I say his righteousness, it is because we practice righteousness. Uh, and we, when, when the Lord speaks to us, another thing, I'm just throwing this out there. No matter how angry you are with your situation at hand or how unbelievably frustrated or how much you just want to take a you know, a glass and just whip it against the wall. And, you know, if if you're like me and you're an HSP, a highly sensitive person, and, you know, I have the hardest time uh, with all of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. My hardest one is self-control. And when you compare that against the things where, you know, the behaviors that we're admonished not to have, which is in, uh, starts in Galatians 5.19. Now there's others, but that's a good place to start. Um, and I've talked about many of those many times. Um, you know, I I step out of line and um, I admit it and um, and uh, it's not good. It's not good. We're getting way too close to the end to be stepping out of line. If there's anybody out there that is struggling with anything, if you're struggling with addictions to anything, start getting on your knees, praying your heart out, you know, lift up, talk to the Lord Jesus and tell him, you know, say, listen, you know, Mark 11:23 says, you said that if we have faith in God and whatever we ask, when we pray, believe that you will receive it and you will have it. You know, tell Jesus, you know, uh, uh, we are to confess. We are to have conversations. We are to make it an intimate process. He is to be our first love. And if we know that there is something that he doesn't want us to do and we go ahead and do it anyway because we're in just like an ultra supremely crummy awful mood and we've had it up to here and we're about to punch holes in the ceiling because we can't take it anymore, which I'm sure quite a few of you might be feeling that way yourselves, um, then um, you know, that's not okay. And, um, you know, so anyway, I, I have challenge with it, with challenges, uh, and I can tell you this, um, you know, I know this is a fact when, um, because I've lived it experientially, I've heard, I've seen other peoples go through it. It is in the scripture, particularly in, uh, first Corinthians 28, 31 and 32, just read 28, 31 and 32. You'll totally get it. Skip over the part about the, uh, you know, don't get lost in the context of the, uh, 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 of the uh, uh, taking communion part, because if you do that, you'll miss the message and you'll get lost in the context, which, of course, will put you at a significant disadvantage to the to, the, to what the Lord is actually trying to help you and help you to understand. Um, 
But, folks, I, I wish there was some way I could convince. People nowadays are so busy. We're juggling so many things, a lot of ugly. I got a call from uh, my – I tried to tell him that he needed to get ivermectin. I tried to tell him he needed to get hydrochloroquine when you could still get it. I tried, and he didn't listen to me. And now uh, I get a call from him, and he's pretty, like, heavily con- concerned uh, because, you know, he's – you know, definitely got the comorbidity thing going on, and he got, you know, COVID. And what's worse is we, you know, while we, we have a lot of hypotheses, some people believe that the Lord gave them the information. I tend to really I, – I kind of steer clear of that. Um, the reason why – you know, sometimes I know. Like last night, the Lord had an email come into my email that said, essentially, don't do this. And I was already in the process of, you know, doing it, you know, because I was really upset. And it had a lot to do. But anyway, then I had to wake up like super early. I didn't get my prayer time this morning, which, you know, of course, that just puts me in a funky situation. And then um, because I had to run, uh, you know, I had a little extra ivermectin that was prescribed to me through a doctor uh, back when they were getting, you know, weren't like, you know, you can, there's still a few like the, um, you know, the American, uh, what is it called? The uh, frontline doctors are still doing it, but boy, boy, oh boy, do you got to jump through some hoops. And um, it didn't used to be like that. You could, you could go into some of the sites like uh, um, pushhealth.com or something like that. And uh, you could just go in there and fill out a form and a PA would come on, a physician's assistant and uh, bam. Uh, and they would literally electronically send the prescription over to your local whatever. Uh, in my case, it was a Walgreens. The CVSs weren't participating. No surprise. Uh, and um, But the Walgreens were, and I was able to literally within less than 24 hours, I could drive right over and pick up my ivermectin. All right. So, um, but then there's some states that have gone, you know, way above and beyond the call of uh, being obedient to Satan. And um, they are doing, you know, it's the, it's the Satanic Crime Syndicate is really what it is. Um, it's a very, very large hierarchy that is international, international in nature and covers literally well, virtually all, if not every single, just about all of the 195 uh, major countries. All right. Uh, and I call them major because, you know, I'm differentiating them from the smaller island nation type countries. Please, if there is any chance that you can spare, I know it's hard. Believe me. Nobody knows. Nobody knows the trouble I I'm not going to sing you a blues song, but you know what I'm saying. Um, You know, we're all going through our stuff, uh, and it's all not good to go through. I get it. Uh, There are people kind of bouncing off the walls. They don't know the scripture very well, and they quite honestly and quite frankly don't understand a lot of the things that they're reading or a lot of things that they're forwarding out. So we are very blessed on this program. You got me. All right, I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to say that I'm like this unique blessing, but I can tell you this. 
If anyone's taken a beating over the head, if anyone's gone through some hard times, if anyone is experiencing some very difficult times, I can tell you that I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I've definitely gone through it, and I, um, I've i let loose on a couple of shows. The one that we did with Elena recently, I, I told a few things, but believe you me, folks, that was a very teeny, weeny little snippet of some of the stuff that I've gone through since 2018. Um, it's been a journey. It's been harder than I can – I cannot – put the words together to explain it. Um, I can't. I know there's reasons behind it. Um, I haven't fully recovered from all of it, uh, you know, but I, I'm getting there. You know, I, I, I can see that going on. And, and sometimes I, I even find it hard to remember to pray for all of the people that were involved in all of these things and all this kind of stuff, because the prayer list just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more people ask for prayer. And, you know, I, 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 there's only... You know, I'm working a job and they really want me to do like 60, 70 hours a week. And there's no way. I just don't have the energy. I don't, I'm, you know, I just can't do it. Uh, and then, uh, and they, anyway, so today I had one, I'm just going to admit it. Today I had probably one of the worst days I've had in, wow, since probably about 2018 slash 2019. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the stuff that happened in 2019. I I'll spare you. Uh, but, uh, it was really bad. Um, and, um, uh, anyway, so we just got to kind of keep, you know, getting up and brushing ourselves off. Um, you know, I, I, for any of you out there that do take the time to listen to this program, um, please understand this. I am under so much unbelievable pressure that I'm about to crack. Okay, I just want you to understand that. Um, I don't know how to explain it to you. Um, my company is just a company that terminates people at the drop of a hat. Um, we are considered to be resources. We are numbers. And if a client complains, well, there has to be a fall guy. And that's just how they operate. And I've watched... I don't know. I, I actually have a list of people that have disappeared. When I got back from uh, the holidays, I started to go into the what they call the Outlook uh, 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 Global Address Book and started plugging in people's names just to see if they were still with the company. A lot of people gone. Um, anyway, so you know, I try to explain this to people who I'm requesting prayer for regarding my job, and they don't seem to – they can't relate. Um, and I understand that. I really, really, really understand that because things are very different right now. There are thousands and thousands of healthcare workers, emergency responders that are dropping out of their jobs. There are truck drivers that are being told. Uh, one of them, Emmanuel, God bless his sweetheart. He's awesome. Uh, he's he's made up his mind. He's not going to allow them to force. He's you know Canada, and he's not going to allow them. He's going to run for it, and that's okay. I you know I like I said, I am not a pro-vaccine person. However, I am also very willing to lay down my life and die if that is what's necessary to serve God. I will do anything that I can do to serve God, but it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. We're all struggling to do what we got to do. And the less you know your scripture and the less you know the dynamics that are happening today, the more at a great disadvantage you may be. And you might think you're on, you know, uh, on the right track and you might pr be pretty sure all things are going, you know, you're, you're pretty much there uh, and believe it with all of your heart. And then, you know, Maybe not, right? And so we all really do need to be praying that – because we're running out of time, folks. I mean I really, really – with all of my heart, I believe that we are truly running out of time. Is this a rapture prediction? 
Not really. Um, but what it is, it is a, um, let's just call it a, I am under the impression from the things that I'm seeing and the feedback that I'm getting that we potentially could be getting far closer to the barley, if there, if, and again, I'm not going to, I'm not, I, I can tell you my testimony about the first watch, the second watch, and third watch. I've written articles about it. A lot of people don't spend any time on tribulation-now.org. I understand that. But if you do happen to go there, in the links, there is a link uh, near the top of the links, you know, so depending if you're using a mobile device or whatever, it might display differently if it's a web browser differently, but there are white white links on black okay and there is one link in particular that's called critical prophecies and if you scroll down they're all great uh but if you scroll down though now the one i would throw a little bit of caution to in particular would be the chuck young brand uh uh, uh i call it the chuck young brand encounter because when i look at it and then i look at the timeline i just have a hard time piecing that together given all the other prophecies i believe that all that prophecies should correlate i'm not saying that chuck young brand didn't hear stuff i just there are issues i have with the timing and everything so any so just chuck the timing if you want to look at that that's fine i did put it up there but the ceremony one's up there. The son of Kenya prophecy about uh, Obama being the Antichrist is up there. Um, God Feeler 7, some of those are up there. Uh, there's uh, North Korea, you know, seeking the U.S. Air, air, aircraft carrier. There's, there's an article, you know, group of prophecies on that one. Uh, one that warns about Christians taking the mark of the beast, which, by the way, would not be those who made the barley harvest, for sure. Uh, it might be subject to those who are part of the final harvest or the wheat harvest or the second watch. And that would be your scriptural reference for that would be Luke 12, 35, 36, 37, etc. Okay, um, I've got a couple of uh, Julie Wedby, Behold I Come things uh, up there. Um, uh, a miracle will burn the Demetri Dudeman stuff. Uh, some alien invasion prophecies, which, of course, are very important. Uh, the A.A. A. Allen prophecy about the destruction of America, which lines up with, uh, you know, the, uh, the nuclear destruction of America when Russia launches. That's, that is Revelation 18, by the way. Um, and what's interesting is that if you're really, really careful, because I had to try to figure this out for myself, but I did. Uh, the Lord kind of showed it to me, led it to me. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and when I saw it, I, of course, I cried. I was like, oh, my gosh, that is just the most amazing biblical mystery ever. Uh, but, you know, at least it was for me at the time, because I couldn't understand Revelation 18 just from a... <sighs> You know, this happens first, this happens second, this happens third, this happens fourth. You know, from a chronology, it just didn't fit. It, it wasn't in the right place. I knew it wasn't. And um, and then the Lord showed me, and, and I was like, oh, okay, because, you know, but long story short, Revelation 18, the destruction, you know, the, from the sea to shining sea, the Russian nuclear, thermonuclear destruction of the United States and the burning, burning of the country down totally uh, actually happens during the day of the Lord. Um, uh, you know, prior to, um, you know, uh, prior to, um, you know, the actual great tribulation beginning. So you can only imagine. And what and, and who and what gets rid of all of the nuclear fallout? Have you ever thought about that? Well, I have. It's going to be the motherships. Okay, these entities that are going to come down on the earth and, and tell us, you know, that they are our creators, they're going to come in big ships. 
26 mile wide. They're going to be huge. Okay, folks. So I know there's a lot of people out there, and God bless their sweethearts. I'm not going to disagree with them on the on the on the on the radio show. If they believe, you know, if they want to call it a fake alien invasion, fine. Okay, I'm here to tell you, they ain't from here, and these are real ships. Okay, these aren't holograms. It's none of that noise. Let me tell you something. They're big, they're gigantic, they exist, they exist today, okay, and they're out there, all right, and uh, when, when they come in force, okay, don't even get me going on the, on the giant, you know, uh, uh, spherical, uh, copper-shaped, you know, Death Star thing that, you know, uh, Pastor, um, uh, um, uh, um, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting some of the names, I, I, like I said, I've had probably one of the worst days I've had at work today um, that I have had in about, well, as long as I can remember. I, I can't remember a worse one. Um, I did get fired, but boy, oh boy. So again, um, I do throw out a fleece. Please, please pray for me because I'm, I'm here to tell you, folks, um, I'm not really sure how much I, I, I have so many people encouraging me, so many people sending me so many. You know, I get emails sometimes from guests, sometimes, you know, oh, you have no idea how important your program is because it's like almost the only place of reason that's still left out there. And everybody else is bouncing off the walls and saying all kinds of wacky, crazy things and et cetera, et cetera. And um, it is encouraging. And I praise God for that. But the bottom line is I'm not perfect. And when when we're not when we make mistakes, we set ourselves up for the accuser of the brethren who accuses the brethren both day and night. We make we set ourselves up for attack. And uh, anyway, so I had one of those kinds of days um, because I had one of those kinds of nights last night uh, with my brother-in-law and the COVID and me having to make an emergency run with ivermectin and and all these other things. And it just it, it just mushroomed into a big, ugly mess. And then, of course, you know, I guess our father allowed Satan to just whack me one more time over the head. Or should I say four more times? Maybe it was more like, ow, ow, you know, oh, ow. You know, maybe I don't know how many times, but anyway, um, yeah, it was uh, today. I mean, I actually was thinking around four o'clock. I don't want to do the show. I was so distraught. And folks, if I went into the details of why you would totally understand, Uh, but I would have to give you a lot of detail. And I don't have time for it. All right. Praise God, because we've got too much else to go over. All right. Also, so please do click on the critical. Go to tribulation-now.org and please, please, please take the time to click on the critical prophecies link. Let the drop down menu drop down. Go down to the bottom and click on the Stanley Frodsham prophecy. It might take you about eight minutes to read this, read it. But folks, please, if you don't read that, you will not understand why there are the, the prophecies cannot be trusted right now. Simple as that. Okay. We were we as a ministry were very, very, very blessed to get a huge number. I have a collection of over thirteen hundred pages, I think, in Microsoft Word of Prophecies that have all that. We we were very blessed to be collecting those and discussing them live on the air for many years 
before 2016 came around. And I am certain beyond any shadow of a doubt in my heart that that is when the Stanley Fraudsham warning of the seducing spirits. And by the way, those seducing spirits were sent by God upon what? The church. All right, so you really need to read that. You really need to understand that. Also, I want to do a special, uh, you know, thank you, Jesus, uh, to uh, West Coast Walder again. He came through in a big way today. Um, he, he, I don't know at what point or whenever or whatever, but he, he was very moved by the, um, I don't know, teaching slash prayer vigil uh, that I did the last prayer vigil one, and he was moved by that. And um, I don't know, I must have mentioned that there are fake, some fake heavens and fake hells that are set up, and Satan will take people to those places. Well, he went out and he, he said, well, if that be the case, let me go do some spot checking out there. So he did. I don't know how in the world he found the time with his job and his kids and everything else under the sun, but somehow he was able to make confirm it. So a lot of the things that the testimonies tell you about heaven or the testimonies tell you about hell, um, they may line up and you may be able to surpass the 80-20 rule in correlation, which is a very good method to validate the veracity of the testimony. However, comma, evidently Satan's mock-ups of heaven are so good that it has a lot of people totally hoodwinked okay and i'm not going to name names folks but i'm here to tell you if you know somebody out there who you really like and you bought their books and they're super duper popular out there and they're telling you all he's happy go lucky whoop de do watch out okay as a matter of fact at this point right now i only have two heaven testimonies that i trust no three flight to heaven the, the testimony from Dale Black, well, no, I'll say four. I trust Sherry Welch's prophecy because I know her personally, and we've had conversations, et cetera, and, and I, a lot. Okay, I, I also trust Odin Hetrick's testimony. I trust um, – and I may be forgetting some people, so forgive me out there if, if you had a heaven – you know, if there, if there was one. I may be forgetting some, but Dale, Dale Black's uh, flight to heaven testimony is absolutely amazing. Um, Odin Hetrick's is unimpeachable. Okay, one thing that Odin Hetrick did, which was brilliant on his part, is every time he came back from any given trip to heaven, he would hunt and hunt and hunt and hunt and hunt like a good Berean through the scripture because he would see things and he would be like, I got it. Now, granted, he didn't find every single thing in the in the Bible, but he but he found tons of it. And so he was able to validate things. And so he he kind of like checked his mouth, you know what I'm saying, which is awesome. Okay, that's smart. All right. Um, but here's the bad news. There is no guarantee that anyone that is out there testi testifying about them being taken to heaven or them being taken to hell, there is no absolute guarantee that they were taken to the real hell or the real heaven. Which means, and by the way, again, special thanks to West Coast Walter out in the very horrible place to live known as Portland, Oregon. Um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how he did it, but he was able to give me facts and figures. Uh, and oh, 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 Angelica Zambrano, highly, highly trustworthy. Uh, prepare to meet your God. That testimony is absolutely a must here. Okay, there's some other ones that I believe are correct. I've posted them, talked about them, read some excerpts from them. But there are also 
Honestly, you know, since I'm full disclosure here, there are people watch out because there are people that are part of the seven mountains group. They're out there. They'll say things like, Oh, you're a doom and gloomer and blah, 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 blah. And all that kind of thing. Folks, let me warn you something. They're not going to heaven. They think they are. Now I'm not saying that they're not going to heaven. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that their adventures in heaven are not, are not trustworthy testimonies. Okay. They're being hoodwinked. All right, and um, and we've had uh, quite a few of in, in the years between 2011 and 2016. We had a handful of them, and um, since then we've you know gone back, taken a look, gotten reports from different people of the things that they're saying. We've brought people on the show, literally established their ministries for them by virtue of bringing them on the show. And now I get, I've gotten reports that are just absolutely unbelievable. What they, what they have done with their lives, what the choices that they've made are so, it's just, you, it, you can't speak it. It's just unbelievable. You're, you're completely blown away. Anyway, so um, I'm not going to go there anymore, but folks, I'm just telling you, I'm just letting you know, because uh, that, that's what I do, uh, that uh, watch, please, please, please watch your step and please pray that God ch- chastens you. Say, Father, you know, um, uh, purify me, chasten me, correct my course, um, you know, bring down the hammer, uh, whatever it takes. Do not let me miss it. If there is a barley harvest, I want to be a part of it, Father, whatever I got to do, you got to we got to really dig our feet in right now, folks. I'm telling you, because I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that we are getting so dagnabbit close that I don't think words can honestly capture it. Now, the problem is I, I don't, you know, we, you know, that whole season thing, we'll know the season in the Bible and all that kind of stuff. I've watched. Oh my gosh. We've had so many guests. And by the way, many of them are quite beloved and, all that and people are like, oh, why, you know, why don't you bring this person back on and da 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 and all that kind of stuff. Well, here's the thing: when I when I'm kind of like a little bit tired of myself is, you know, when when the scripture says that you know um, uh, you are a chosen First Peter two nine it says you are a chosen generation, you know, you are a royal priesthood, um, you know. The, that was that that's first Peter two nine. That was talking to the people of the times two thousand years ago. So this notion about, oh well, eighty years and then they try to figure out and then they you know, do all this math about Israel and yada yada blah blah. Well I don't I if boy if I had a if I had a buck for every person that's like I could list you. I could literally make a list of people who have dedicated their entire ministries over the years. Many of them, multiple guests on this show, multiple times, and guests on Jim Baker, multiple times, and, and, and other places as well. And strikeouts, strikeouts, strikeouts all over the place. So why would I want to keep on striking out? <laughs> you know, I would rather just spend the time encouraging people, you know, giving testimony, bringing on interesting guests, investigating some of the Bible mysteries that are out there that are interesting, you know, keeping us going, keeping us, keeping our, helping us to keep our heads up, helping us to realize that I don't, I had, it's been a long time since I have come forward and said, you know, we really might be getting pretty, pretty, pretty close. But please, please do avoid anybody out there who's predicting rapture timelines because they are, well, they're wrong. I can tell you that. I followed 
oh, probably maybe 50 or 60 over the last 11 years, and they were all wrong. So, again, anybody who's predicting time, just I'm just telling you, unless, unless you're just one of those people who just loves forwarding emails and throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing if any of it sticks, well, go for it then. If that's what you think you're going to get rewarded in heaven for, fine. I, I'm not here to correct – you know, at least, you're, at least some of these people are trying, I suppose. Um, like I said, I wouldn't want a watchman on the wall that was blowing the horn 24 hours a day about every single thing that they saw, but – Hey, I'm wacky like that. All right, praise God. And thank you, Jesus, that we're not, you know, we don't get in trouble for being, I don't think we do get in trouble for being wrong. Although, if we give people information that is misleading and causes them to trip up or fall or whatever, you know, uh, not make it to heaven, uh, you know, then that would definitely not be a good thing. I, I don't know what the Father or what Jesus would have to say about that. Uh, but anyway, I'm certain beyond any shadow of a doubt that you don't want to go there all right now that being said um praise god uh i wanted to get that information out to you because um uh you know it's vital okay so as i get information flows brought into me from many many different sources around the world okay then i'm going to send that information back out to you and of course that causes the introductory you know, dialogue of the program to drag on a little bit, but it is so, so important. All right. Praise God. Now, um, I don't know if Brother Lauren is listening right now, but um, Brother Lauren, I'm going to be running over on the time tonight because there's some stuff I have to get out there. I do not know what it is, what it means. I don't know if it will mean a hill of beans. I um, I have this uh, Glenn Beck, you know, snippet, audio snippet, and I stand behind it. Um, you know, I know he uses the D word, the damn word. And uh, kids, are you, are you OK with the damn word? You're, you know. No, you don't. You don't like that word, huh? Okay, you don't like that word. All right. Well, put your hands over your ears because I'm gonna play the Glenn Beck slip. Nothing uh, happens. Yeah. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a damn thing anymore. All right. Now, I, I'm here to tell you that that may be probably. Now, granted, it was uh, embedded into a much larger dialogue that he was doing. However, that statement is horrifically true. Horrifically true. The satanic crime syndicate control grid that's out there right now, evidently our Heavenly Father has given it pretty much free reign. All right. Um, and now, and now, why did I say that? Okay. Now, could it change? Are there kingdom dynamics? Does God listen to the prayers of the saints? And what is a saint? Is the evangelical church in, in, in the United States of Babylon the Great, is that, are those saints? Well, I will tell you that there was a vision that a particular person that I found highly believable and very holy and righteous in their behaviors, for the most part, as, as best as I could tell, um, uh, said they had a vision and they saw they were standing in a church at the time when the vision occurred, and their estimation was that less than 2% Less than 2% of the people in the congregation made the rapture. Now, that doesn't take into account whether it was the barley harvest. I assume it must have been the barley harvest because if, if the barley harvest, wheat harvest, first watch, second watch, third watch, if that understanding of the scripture is correct, which it seems to be, then they, it would have had to be the barley harvest because 
Ain't nobody going to be standing in the congregation of a church after a meteor strikes off the coast of Puerto Rico, kills 22 million people on the east coast of the United States, and pretty much the power grids and everything else go down. And don't even get me going on the ground-based nukes that are going to be set off. Because that's a whole other ugly Jericho story. And by the way, the TV, these movies out there, they're prophetic. And I have lists of movies uh, uh, on, as a matter of fact, I I think I even have a uh, web page of prophetic movies listed on tribulation-now.org. Okay, praise God. And it's also tribulationnow.com and tribulation-now.org. Ned, I think, and blah, blah, blah. Praise God. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and move into the news. Kids, I am sorry, but because of time constraints and because of a lot of information I have to get out tonight, I'm going to have to, you know, slide the kids' joke section forward uh, to a later part of the oh. Gosh, you had to all look at me like that? Oh, okay. Okay. Why do bees have sticky hair? Because they use honeycombs. (laughs) Honeycombs, get it? Okay. All right. And if I cough a little bit, I'm still having trouble getting rid of that cough. It's not, I'm telling you folks, I know it's not that any of that OMA weirdness. Um, I got plenty of hydrochloroquine and all that kind of stuff, so I know how to protect myself. But but on the flip side of that coin, this cold is hanging on. And uh, while I was playing that song earlier and doing my telemed thing, I told my doc that my sister, you know, and asked for a Z-Pack, and she said, you got it. So praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I get to go down and pick up a Z-Pack probably tomorrow sometime at CVS and uh, knock this thing out once I forget. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, uh, kids, why are ghosts bad liars? Why are ghosts bad liars? I know you're thinking it's because they're demonic or whatever, because you're Jesus kids, right? Okay, but there's another possibility, too. Because you can see right through them. <laughs> Isn't that funny, kids? Okay, I knew you would like it. Okay, and what do you call a funny mountain? What do you guys call a funny mountain? Hill Arius. <laughs> okay, you know, I know you like that one. I mean, okay. All right, I'll take it. I'll take the wins, and we'll bolt on into the news. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In all things, in all things, always praise. The Spirit of God, the presence of God inhabits the praises of his people, and that's not just about Israel, folks. Remember, okay, remember, Lord Jesus broke down the middle wall of separation, and there's no longer Jew or Gentile and all that kind of stuff. You've got to put it all together. You've got to understand that the New Testament supersedes the Old Testament. Therefore, there is lots of stuff that is applicable to us in the Old Testament, but a lot of stuff that's been superseded by the things that Jesus told us and the things that the apostles who were appointed by Jesus to give us additional commandments all right that's why the new testament must be known like the back of your hand you don't know the new testament like the back of your hand you're a sitting duck and you very well might be very sad with the outcome of your imminent future let's hope that is not the case i am going to do everything i can with the help of your prayers as i pray down uh, blessings upon every single one of the listeners of this program that prays for me even in, in a even if it's just a mention or whatever but of course please do mention my job uh please do ask the lord to forgive me for dorking up um you know we you know john twenty twenty five says if you forgive the sins of any they'll be forgiven them you know of course that means you know as long as they're not sins of death i'm not doing any you know it's nothing like 
like that. Uh, but I, I need all the prayer I can get. Uh, and I know that you do too. And I do pray. All right. So anyway, on that note, let's move into the news, which is just absolutely uh, hey, let's use a term that goes along with the uh, the woman giving birth. Uh, the news is pregnant. Hallelujah. Uh, and uh, and I might just be inducing some, uh, you know, delivery here. Well, whatever. Uh, praise God. So let's move into that right now. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh... Now, as I read this stuff to you, I think that it's reasonable that many of us will go into a state of disbelief, because I still think the Glenn Beck um, comment, nobody ever pays for their crimes, is still going to be the case, because the Satanic Crime Syndicate is so powerful, so intertwined into all aspects of the government, intertwined into state government agencies. That's why they were able to pull off the fraud. And they did it. Look, there were multiple valid lawsuits with endless, I mean, my goodness gracious, anybody that was paying attention at all knows that there's not a single reason in the entire whole wide world that a person with the wildest imagination could figure out why the Supreme Court refused to listen to the arguments, unless they're compromised, which means they are Compromised. Compromise simply means that they get calls in the middle of the night. Look, look, I could go on and on, but just think of it like, you know, the the, the movie Goodfellas, or or you know, um, uh, you know, The Godfather, or you know, whatever. It's, it is a satanic crime syndicate, and Satan is at the top of it, and it trickles down, and I'm not going to go through all the different agencies and all that other weirdness, um, but if you want to learn about that, then you're going to need to get the book uh, uh, by John Coleman entitled The Committee of 300. That'll give you a pretty good understanding of the hierarchy of the satanic uh, control grid and how awful it is and how thorough it is. All right. Now, all that being said, the scary part, or not really the scary part, it depends on if you look at it from an eternal viewpoint, it's good news. Now, I was just having this conversation with Elena, the, you know, and she was like, oh, no, this is terrible. I can't believe they're doing this. And I said, think of it through eternal eyes. Think of it, think of, you know, and I was like reminding her that it's a paradox and she was like, oh, yeah, you know, so it's so easy to fall into that looking at it from the flesh only viewpoint that it can really bring you down. It can bring you down real bad, uh, put you in a state of depression, all that kind of stuff. And it's understandable. And heaven forbid that you would turn into somebody that doesn't understand the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, does not understand that we're entering into Psalm 91 right now, we're walking it, and that there are going to, we're going to see a lot of people die. A lot of people die. And I know that there were prophecies and stuff out there that said that we were going to receive an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and that would help us get through it. But that may be that we haven't gotten that far into it yet. So warning, warning, Will Robinson, uh, right? You know, amen. All right, now I'm going to read this report to you because 
You need to know. All right. Now, this was pr- published the World Net Daily, but I'm telling you, it's all over the Internet. I'm going to place a little bit of the snippets. But uh, World Net Daily's headline is Fauci's gain-of-function work called Intentional Manslaughter of Millions of People. All right. Experts reacting to the Project Veritas report, which, by the way, was just released. Now, Twitter killed Project Veritas. Um, I downloaded I – I literally got out of bed. Okay, when I saw this um, and I I, actually I was in my prayer chair and anyway, I dropped everything when I saw this and I I came into my uh, office and I immediately downloaded the video because I knew it was going to be gone in no time. Uh, But anyway, experts reacting to the Project Veritas report that presidential advisor Anthony Fauci went ahead with dangerous gain-of-function coronavirus research after other federal officials deemed it too risky uh, and saying that it was essentially the intentional manslaughter of millions. The Project Veritas report cited secret government documents revealing that the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency determined that a request for funding for gain-of-function research was too much of a risk. By the way, they went into all the details as to why and all that kind of stuff. And then, but but for, shortly after Fauci's NIAID went ahead with the research at Wuhan, uh, and it cites uh, across the United States, et cetera, et cetera, which we all know about. But the nuts, the nuts and bolts of it is, Dr. Fauci has repeatedly maintained under oath that the NIH and the NAIAD have not been involved in gain-of-function research with the Eco Health Alliance program. But according to the documents obtained by Project Veritas, which outline why EcoHealth Alliance's proposal was rejected, DARPA certainly classified the research as, quote, gain of function. By the way, they have documents. They have snippets of the documents, so you can see them with your own eyes. Okay, and um, this is all available for you if you want to do a little bit of deep dive research. I have put it as a very recent article. It's like the last one I dumped up on tribulation-now.org, and you will see it there, and you you can look at the stuff in exceedingly high levels of detail. Okay? Now, now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play for you two audio bites, which is going to push Brother Lorne out a little bit. He might be going, thank you, Jesus, because I'm not as prepared as I want to be. But whatever. Uh, but I, I, you, you need to hear this. If you don't hear any of the other news, this is vitally important for you to hear. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and let me just make a volume adjustment to make sure it comes out as high up. i got to double check another thing, another setting. Okay, good. All right. Here's the first one. Uh, military documents about gain-of-function contradict Fauci's testimony under oath. Okay, so um, I'm going to go ahead and play this. Things that you've said. You're still unwilling to admit the gain-of-function, the gained in legality, according to the definition that is currently operable. We're not going to get anywhere close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. Project Veritas has obtained never-before-seen military documents regarding the origins of COVID-19, gain-of-function research, vaccines, potential treatments which have been suppressed, and the government's effort to conceal all of this. 
Dr. Anthony Fauci has testified many times before Congress stating that the U.S. government was never involved in gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. Gain, first of all, gain-of-function is a very nebulous term. But that's, the thing is, is you're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function when they say they became sicker. They gained in lethality. It's a new right. virus. That's not gain of function? According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well, that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. You have said that I'm unwilling to take any responsibility for the current pandemic. I have no responsibility for the current pandemic. Liar. That assertion is based on the NIH's definition of gain of function. However, the documents we've obtained refute that. The documents in question stem from a report of the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, better known as DARPA, which were hidden in a top-secret share drive. What is DARPA? They are an agency under the U.S. Department of Defense, which facilitates research and technology with potential military applications. Dr. Stephen Walker was the director of DARPA at the time of the EcoHealth Alliance proposal. A source sent us this video of Dr. Walker talking about research they were exploring related to mRNA technology and its potential application with military personnel in the field. About five or six years ago, we set up an office called the Biotechnology Office, and the real purpose of that was to understand EcoHealth Alliance proposal leaked on the internet a couple of months ago, it has remained unverified until now. Project Veritas has obtained a separate report to the Inspector General of the Department of Defense, written by the U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow. Major Murphy makes claims in his report to the Inspector General that, if true, could be damning to the official narrative that has been played out to the world over the past two years. Major Murphy's report states that EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA in March 2018, seeking funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. The proposal was named Project Diffuse. DARPA rejected the proposal because the work was too dangerous and could violate the gain-of-function moratorium, despite EcoHealth's position that it would not. According to the documents, the NIAID, under the direction of Dr. Fauci, did not reject the proposal. And went ahead with the research at Wuhan and several sites across the U.S. Dr. Fauci has repeatedly maintained his Poor position Dietrich. under oath that the NIH and NIAID have not been involved in gain-of-function research with the EcoHealth Alliance program. This appears to be contradictory to Major Murphy's analysis and the rejection from the Biological Technologies Office at DARPA. Major Murphy's report goes on to detail great concern over the COVID-19 gain-of-function program the concealment of documents, the suppression of potential curatives like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and the mRNA vaccines. To be clear, Major Murphy is not the source of our reporting. As far as we're aware, he has done nothing that violates his oath of service to our country. We were able to track him down, and though he couldn't go into detail about the hidden documents, he did offer this heartfelt statement. 
I offer no comments on the investigation or internal Marine Corps deliberations. I offer a brief comment to those that desire answers and to those that withhold them. To those seeking answers, I offer encouragement. There are good people striving for the truth, working together in and out of government, and they succeed. To those that withhold, I pray for you. Find the moral courage to come forward. Don't let a lie be our legacy to posterity. People will forgive. A commitment to truth is in the heart of this nation. Semper Fi. Project Veritas reached out to DARPA for comment regarding the hidden documents. Wow. Spoke with the Chief of Communications, Jared Adams. Doesn't sound normal to me. No, like I said, if if something resides in a classified setting, then it should be appropriately marked. I'm not at all familiar with unmarked documents that reside in a classified in a classified space. No, um, that like I said, that doesn't doesn't sound like. I mean, it's it's not good practice to put unmarked materials in, um, you know, in a in a classified space. But there may be there may be cause to because. Um, something is determined to be classified, um, but it wasn't you know, originally marked appropriately. I'd be happy, Robert, honestly, to investigate and you know talk to the people who would own this document within the agency. Ideally, the you know the director of the biological technologies office or the deputy director of that office, and try to ascertain you know why it, it was the case. So here's the question. If the Department of Defense, the same people who make our nuclear arsenal, felt this research was too dangerous to proceed with, why in the world did the NIH, NIAID, and EcoHealth Alliance recklessly disregard the risks involved? Did they purposefully change the definition of gain of function in order to bypass the moratorium? Further, who at DARPA made the decision to bury the original report that could have raised red flags to the Pentagon, the White House, or Congress, which may have prevented this entire pandemic that has led to the deaths of 5.4 million people worldwide, caused much pain and suffering to many millions more. Wow. All right. So anyway, I wanted you to hear that. And I also want you to hear this just because it's kind of like icing on the frustration cake in regard to this. Now I ask you this. Is this the beginning of something really big? Is this the beginning? I mean, now this, what I'm about to play for you was played live on Fox News. Okay? Listen to this. It's quite dangerous. Central planning, whether it be of the economy or of science, is risky because of the fallibility of the planner. It would not be so catastrophic if the planner were simply one physician in Peoria then the mistakes would only affect that physician's patients, the people who chose that physician. But when the planner is a government official, like yourself, who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently, there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you you agree that they are fringe. And immediately, there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. 
Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down, and not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? The, the email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it. We got something in wire. No, magazine. no, no. I think in you usual did. fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you First ever object all, to Dr. Collins's characterization of them as friends? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not friends, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath I, me I did to not do that? You responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article yeah, in Wired, you, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got him. I nailed him in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You there you go again. That you was just do the same thing every year. That was your response. And this, so, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take you're down people— You're incorrect. As usual, Senator, you no. are incorrect almost everything you Well, said. no, you deny. You deny. Right. But the emails tell the truth of this. No. This wasn't the only time. Your desire to take down those who disagree with you didn't stop with Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. You conspired with Peter Daszak, who you communicated with privately, and other members of the scientific community that wrote opinion pieces for Nature. Five of them signed a, a paper for Nature, an opinion piece. Seventeen signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory, the idea that the virus could have originated in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? Senator, I never used that word when I was referring to it. You're distorting virtually everything. Did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in Nature where they were describing, oh, this, there's no way this could that have come from, from the lab? That was not me. What did I you did, talk with any of those see, scientists but privately? You keep, the, you keep the story of the truth. It is, it did is you talk, how did you, you do talk that? to any of the scientists privately yes. who wrote the opinion? You did. Well, what were they telling you privately? Well, let me explain. You know you're going back to that original discussion when I brought together a group of people to look at every possibility with an open mind. So you, not only are you distorting it. You were completely turning it around. As well, most you of the scientists do. that came to you privately, did they come to you privately and say, no way this came from the lab? Or was their initial impression, Dr. Gary and Dr. others that were involved, was their initial impression actually that it looked very suspicious for a virus you know, that came from a lab? Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I, Do you think it's a great success what's happened right. so far? Do you think you, lockdowns you said, are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the right. government, and now 800,000 people have died. Right. Do so you think it's a uh, winning success, what you've advocated for government? Um, Senator, first of all, <clears throat> if you look at everything— I can't even listen to this tripe. <clears throat> Glenn Beck! Nothing happened. <laughs> Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a damn thing anymore. 
Oh, that's right, kids. I forgot to, I forgot to warn you. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyway, if you want to see, uh, like, all the details about the uh, Veritas report, now, you did hear a good, pretty good snippet of it, so that's it uh, a highlight. Uh, but if you really want to see the documents and their uh, plans to uh, hide the fact that ivermectin is highly effective against it, uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine is also. I always say hydrochloroquine, but they, I guess it's hydroxychloroquine, whatever. But anyway, um, uh, I actually have some right here on my desk. Here, listen to this. Yes. My little foil pack. I had to go down to the post office to drop off some ivermectin for my... Oh, anyway, anyway, fun day today. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and mow our way through the rest of the news and then bring on Brother Lauren. Uh, and uh, and uh, and here we go. Praise God. Freaky. <laughs> United cuts flights as about 3,000 workers call off sick from COVID. I know so many people that are down with this, whatever, Omicron thing. It's unbelievable. I thank God that I was proactive and I went out and got this stuff right away and I didn't wait. I've talked about it on the radio show. I've I've invited people to send me emails to get the links, which a lot of people did. Um, But, you know, it's sad for those who didn't. It really is, um, because now I don't I don't know if it's even possible. As a matter of fact, at this point right now, they're actually tearing open boxes. Uh, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, which by the way is a part of the control grid that Fauci is in control of, um, the, the, um, the that they're tearing open boxes at the. Um, custom site in New York where everything funnels in from, you know, wherever. And they're turning them up, and if they see ivermectin in there, even though there's no rules against you not, you know, that kind of thing, uh, they just, like, say, nope, can't let you have it. Sorry, too bad. And they're stopping, they're blocking it everywhere because they want to kill as many people as they can, and nobody's stopping them. How is it that this information can be out there and Fauci is still walking around free? And CNN is still telling all the lies that they tell. And Yahoo News, oh my gosh, talk about a the biggest pile of baloney garbage crap that I mean, you know, forgive me for the c word, but you know, it's just terrible. It's just unbelievable. It's garbage. It's uh, oh, you know what I should use? Not crap. I should use the word. How about that British word? Rubbish. It's a bunch of rubbish. I love that word. Uh, but anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's rubbish. Poppycock and boulder dash. Hallelujah. All right, next headline. Hallelujah. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Ex-FDA boss Scott Gottlieb says Omicron surge will infect up to 40% of Americans, but new daily cases in the East Coast states are nearing their peak. Deaths remain low as even the U.S. hits 1.4 million daily cases. Next one up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Red Cross declares first ever national blood crisis. Wonder why that is. I, I don't. I actually, I don't wonder. Um, listen to this, folks. A headline uh, from the Pentagon: Guerrilla war exercise to be fought across rural North Carolina counties. The Army warns. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that. People are going to get all kind of freaked out because there'll be like all kinds of choppers and shooting 50 cows with blanks. And it's happened before. 
Um, I even have audio clips of some of it where people were standing on the balconies of their apartment buildings down in Miami, and they had these like Black Hawk uh, helicopters, you know, and just and people, you know, I just and people are like, "What's going on?" Because you know, most people don't get the news. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah. Next up. U.S. grounded planes as a precaution after the North Korean missile launch. And they, I don't, you know, you can't believe much much anymore. There's no way to be able to verify a lot of the stuff um, uh, unless you have, like, Project Veritas helping you out. Uh, we've, we, you know, I do not – another thing that I, I'm troubled with about Trump is I'm also troubled with the fact that he did not stick up for um, anybody. He didn't stick up for Snowden. He didn't stick up for um, – you know, he I, I, was it politics? Was he just projecting his job or his ability to maybe run again? I don't know. You know, a lot of people will do things that they think are right, but they just don't. It's out of ignorance and whatever the case. I, so I don't, I don't levy any judgment. I, I, you know, if it's a lesser of two, two evils, then that's not a hard choice. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Russia's positioning helicopters and if impossible sign of a U- Ukraine plan. So again, um, bottom line, we are the United States of Babylon the Great through the Satanic Crime Syndicate Control Grid. Oh, and by the way, there's also information that is leaking out of Kazakhstan that is seemingly indicating that there may be, well, it's pretty, not really indicating it, stated that there was another bioweapons lab located in the Kazakhstan building that was, uh, you know, assaulted. Um, and but, but anyway, Russia tends to look out for the Russians. And so a lot of these places like Crimea and, you know, whatever, and Donbass and, uh, you know, and these, you know, and stuff like that. Well, what, what it is is that, you know, Putin's going in there. Now, this is a story, but I would, you know, quite honestly, given how we have been putting a squeeze on him, blaming Russia for everything. I even have a cartoon that says, you know, because we know how it goes. You you saw what they did with Trump. You saw how they, you know, they 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 blew past the federal requirements for, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, allowing them to to uh, unmask information in their uh, monitoring systems and their. It's just so creepy. And yes, he was being illegally spying on. The FBI was involved. Um, it was just so creepy. And and they had a lot of us duped. I mean, I I was at the time, so I I don't know what to believe. There's you know because. The problem is there's so much lying going on from both sides, from both camps, always, that it's you, – you know, you're, you're trying to ferret out and validate something that's true, but there's always intermingled lies and distortions and whatever. I mean, so it's just like – it's almost impossible. And again, I do not – I'm like, I, I side with Alex Jones. I do not understand, not for the life of me. I know that he has some woman that comes on there and does a show. I don't listen to her. Uh, and supposedly she came out with some sort of a reason why Trump did what he did and this, that, and the other thing. But this whole thing about you know taking credit for one of the most deadly bioweapons the mRNA vaccines, taking credit for that and telling the whole every I did this wonderful thing. Oh, yeah, you, oh, you did, did you? You 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 willfully assisted in the mass murder of people all over the world. 
good for you. <laughs> oh, and by the way, good for you in, in, in getting all those, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, ventilators, uh, you know, uh, manufactured as fast as you possibly could. Because after all, if you didn't do that, then all of the Medicare and Medicaid pages and, and the doctors and stuff wouldn't be able to get their three, uh, what was it, 300 and some dollars for every single person on a Medicare or Medicaid that they recommended to go on a ventilator. And, of course, they die because the first thing they do is they put you under. They, what they do is they, under the pretense or, you know, that they, they call it medical method, but it, it's boulder dash. It's rubbish. Um, uh, you know, but, the, you know, basically they want to get – they suggest that they want to get the effects of the virus under control. So they put you into a, essentially an induced coma, and then they ventilate you, and then they cannot get you back out of the coma. That's what, that's what killed my niece, Mary Lynn. So I know a lot of lot of I know how it works and I know what they're doing and I'm like oh, I would want to be like distance myself to Alex Jones's point and he's right I would want to and you know what and like I I talked to you before on one of the prior shows the the uh, Biden and a lot of the um, uh, satanic control grid are starting to openly give credit to Trump for some of those things you know why it makes me wonder if part of this master satanic plan is like I said they eat their young. They might let Fauci take a fall. They might let Bill Gates get arrested. I doubt it, but they might. And if they do, guess who else goes down? Yeah, you're sort of – I think you're maybe putting the pieces together. Anyway, and then, of course, what's going to happen? You know, as more and more people get the, you know, the information about the Veritas report, I showed you the, the stuff that was on Fox News. More and more conversations about this stuff is happening openly on media all over the world. Uh, people are waking up to it. Not as if, you know, a lot of people have been awake, but also more and more and more and more and more and more people are getting awake. And what that, you know, there's going to be a boiling point, you know what I mean? And then that may be, so maybe I was wrong. Maybe it isn't Trump going into office in 2024 that kicks off the Civil War. It might be. I mean, that would be the one way, in all fairness, you know, that some of the prophecies and dreams that showed Trump in a casket uh, would come true. Which, of course, he doesn't necessarily have to die because they can fake the whole thing and run him to, run, take him up the Mount Weather in an underground uh, 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 magneto-leviton train and then uh, you know, put some kind of a fake Trump. Now, they're going to have a hard time with that hairdo. <laughs> oh, it's going to be – making a double of Trump is going to take uh, uh, a cosmetic specialist of, of uh, quantum skill sets, okay? But anyway, that's a whole other story. All right, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's move on. And by the way, for those of you out there that uh, you know uh, uh, get a smile when I talk about, this is so crazy, I want to – the term is to rip your spleen out with a shrimp fork. That means that you actually take the shrimp fork, you know where your spleen is, you shove it into your chest, you fish for your spleen, and you rip it out because you've had all you can take. <laughs> right, kids? <laughs> oh, hey, 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 hey. I was just trying to be funny. Keep your hands away from shrimp forks and don't be looking on the internet for where your spleen is. It hurts. It hurts a lot. Um, well, I assume it does. I haven't done it yet, but I think about it frequently. But anyway, praise God. Next thing up. All right. Uh, in Cuba, queuing for hours just to be able to eat. So this article here is about uh, the situation in Cuba, which is absolutely dire. Um, this situation, by the way, is being echoed and repeated across many places around the world uh, it, where countries are already beginning to go into a type of a state of fa famine. Um, in some cases, it, it has, has there are many different 
um, contributors and catalysts that are causing them. Sometimes it's a supply chain issue. Sometimes it's hyperinflation. Sometimes it's one thing or the other thing. But at the end of the day, and by the way, uh, The Economist and the various, there's plenty of articles that I did not have time to cover tonight. And I'm, I'm already, like I said, I'm already running over time. Uh, but, but yet, I'm just letting you know, this is happening. Like if I read one thing and I say in Cuba, people are waiting to eat. You can believe it's happening a whole lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of other places. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So just ask yourself this question. What would you have if the only thing you had when you wake up tomorrow is what you thanked God for today? Right. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord. And help us. Do not let us miss. In Jesus' name we pray. Give us the strength we need. Teach us obedience, whatever it takes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. All right, next one up. It's time to take out your money from the bank. Vaccine mandates ban the unvaxxed from visiting banks in multiple countries. And the next one up is Italy. Told you they were going to come after the money. You don't think they're going to come after the uh, the funds of the uh, retirees? And there's a lot of people out there that think they're safe. They're like, oh, whew, man, I'm so glad I retired. Oh. There is no end to the death of this evil. That's, oh, anyway, we'll just keep going. Praise God. Remember when never-ending boosters were a conspiracy? Well, the Pfizer CEO is now saying that, they're, that they will require a fourth booster, and it will be ready in a few months. By the way, they are also planning to create a whole new vaccine, uh, another version of the mRNA murderous, slaughtering, satanic, evil thing. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, because they want to make one now that they claim will stop all of the different variants, which is, you know, Rubbish! Okay, rubbish. Rubbish. Boulder Dash. Poppycock. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. Right? Oh, I used the D word again. Okay, kids. All right, I'll try it over. I'll just let Glenn Beck do it. All right. Not a single NATO member is ready to discuss the... Eastern Bloc states, open door policy with Russia, according to United States envoy. All right. So basically what this is saying is that Russia has been making attempts to open up dialogues to talk about the terribly disbalanced NATO problem that's been going on and getting worse and worse and worse over the years that we've been talking about con continuously. Um, and again, the missile systems that NATO is positioning around the border of Russia are nuclear capable, regardless of whatever anybody says. I know as a fact that they are. All right. Anyway, that being said, how do I know? I was in the military. I know. I know the systems. And I know other people that worked at Radeon after they got you know uh, ditched by De General Dynamics and picked up by Radeon. Praise God. So they are. OK, I knew that when I was in, in the Navy that uh, the SM2 missile uh, I, that we had nukes, I knew we had nukes. We had uh, forward and aft missile guards and it was a duty and you had to have, you know, have, have a loaded 45 on you. And if anybody even tried to go past the rope, you were allowed to shoot them. Well, you were you had to shoot them. <laughs> it really wasn't an option. They didn't mess around with that stuff. Uh, so you kind of, you know, you know. Yeah. Anybody who has an IQ above a peanut butter and jelly sandwich knows. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Not only that, but uh, my ship tried to go to Australia and they were having a protest against nukes at the time. And then they turned the ship around and went back out again. And we were all like, oh, man. But anyway, that's just kind of how it goes. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up.
Taliban vows to overrun D.C. with 2,000 suicide bombers. Biden administration is silent as the grave. According to this report, I wonder who's uh, pushing this one out there. I don't know. Oh, Wall Street Journal. <laughs> yeah, it's another can't can't believe a word they say. There's so much. It's just all part of the Santana control grid. I don't think I don't know what isn't part of it anymore. It just seems like. I mean, it's like if you got to take like lesser two evils, maybe Fox, but uh, it's just they hold back so much because Rupert Murdoch owns still owns a major stake in the control of Fox and that Disney deal and everything. They didn't get rid of him, which is unfortunate because he is definitely a shape shifting Bilderberg reptilian. And I've seen the the visual evidence to clearly uh, well was no doubt about it. It was sent to me from Zen Garcia. He said, take, take a look at his hand through the limousine as he was leaving the Bilderbergs. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm seeing this. And then just the other day, uh, Elena sent me a text and said, well, oh, yeah, Rupert Murdoch. Did you see his hand, you know, the, the reptilian hand? And I was like, yep. And it was when he was leaving the Bilderberg meeting. Uh, and it was in the back of the limousine. And she said, yeah, you saw it, too. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, I did. I have it somewhere in my terabyte archives. <laughs> That's the problem. After a while, you just store so much can't find it anymore. All right, praise God. Next up, Hershey. Hershey's chocolate. Hershey's chocolate. I wanted to get a job there many times. I went to their website to see if they had an opening for my specialization. And I'm kind of like glad I didn't do it because listen to this headline. Hershey office workers face taking a job or no job. So um, all I can say is hopefully in that situation, they're at least wise enough to avoid the mRNA, worthless, poison, evil, hydra, creepy weirdness. All right, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and I hope they know how to pray with the power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's what's going to bring us all through some of this stuff that's coming. Next one up. Third Chinese city locks down as COVID-19 spikes, isolating over 20 million people. Oh, and by the way, the GM, remember that one? Yep, there's a lot of information that leaked out, indicating that they had a, some type of a hemorrhagic fever outbreak. Kind of makes you wonder if COVID has anything to do with it. Now, this is sad, but I'm going to read it, and here we go. It says, this is from CBN News, <clears throat> and it says, pray. Annie Graham Lotz asks for a prayer after her daughter suffers two heart attacks with, quote, no known cause. Let me say no more. We move on. Power grid fails as Argentina is hit by a record-breaking heat wave. Okay, so we got the same thing, the cycles, the heat cycles, the cold cycles, the heat cycles, the cold cycles, all of them are extremes. And it's associated with the elliptical movement of the Earth around the sun because of Planet X. I've gone over that a bunch of times, and we'll probably go over it a bunch of more times. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Police probe over the misuse of COVID apps. So they had, uh, in this particular case in Germany, since everybody had to have their little COVID app and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing, you know, to track people and yada, yada. The police said, well, you know, we had this crime, so let's go ahead and figure out how many people might have seen it. So they started using the COVID app to track all these different people. Again, it's to be expected. Hold on a second. I'm going to cough. 
Hopefully that Z-Pack will knock it out like it did for my sister. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. COVID-19 in Quebec is going to now start levying financial fines and penalties on unvaccinated adults. That's how they can get to, you know, they start doing that to the to the retirees. Boy, that'll, man, that'll be bad news. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Really, the next turning point in this whole thing is how compromised is the Supreme Court and how do they vote on, you know, because OSHA, there are actually companies out there that are already starting the mandates in their organizations based on the OSHA stuff, even though there hasn't been a, a full, you know, rendering, you know, a verdict. So that's kind of creepy, actually. It almost implies that somebody knows something, which is highly likely given how the Santana control grid works. Next one up. Oh, I didn't want that, but I'll take it. Oh, no. Headline reads, be ready to run if needed. Visitors to Alaska's park are warned about stressed out moose. I ain't joking you. <laughs> and by the way, this aligns with uh, And the Beast of the Earth, which is at the end of the fourth seal. So um, this weirdness where, you know, various animals that normally are not a problem or whatever are attacking people. And uh, it's... This is one of probably if I really did some digging and I had the time and I wasn't getting beat up so bad at work and all that other stuff. Oh, man, I'm having a spleen shrimp fork moment. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And the very last thing before we bring on the very last report before we bring on Brother Lauren Peterson is a surprise report. And here we go. Headline. Cannabis compounds stopped COVID virus from infecting human cells in a lab, according to a study. Imagine that. Imagine that. Well, that explains why the federal government didn't legalize it, I guess. Uh, But anyway, uh, cannabis compounds prevented the virus that caused COVID-19 from penetrating healthy human cells, according to the laboratory study published in the Journal of Nature Products. The two compounds commonly found in hemp called uh, cannabigeralic acid, or CBGA, and cannabidiolic acid, or CBDA, uh, were identified during... So so that would mean that the legal... What is it? C D, B, D, or whatever. I don't know. I don't follow this stuff. But I found that very interesting. And it says they were they were uh, researchers at the Oregon State University of all Oregon, right? <laughs> yep, that would be the place. All right. Um, and again, U.S. is hit with over 20 separate billion-dollar weather disasters, totaling $145 billion in the year 2021. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Brother Lauren and see if he can fill up the next hour. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And here we go. Lauren, are you there? Yo. <laughs> hey. What's hey, up? Hey. <laughs> I'm not giving you my Bud Light, Lauren. <laughs> oh, come on. I know, come I know. On. Uh, Lauren, we're watching you from Planet Pop-Tart, so be careful what you say. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, I will. I'm, 
Okay. Be a good boy. No, that's okay. Let it loose, brother. But anyway, on that note, I'm just going to sit back here with my, this, uh, this whatever it is. I'm going to get kicked out by the Z-Pack tomorrow, and uh, hopefully tomorrow, whenever I can get over there. But um, I'm going to turn the mic over to you, can, brother, and can you, let you can, take can off. You, can you pass me over that uh, shrimp pork? I know, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. No, can you imagine, you know, take it, because a shrimp fork, it's a sharp little bugger, and some of those are pretty strong, you know, so yeah. you can, it's feasible you could actually accomplish that. Now, yeah. I'm not sure if you would live through it, um, you know, and Hannibal Lecter would probably be like knocking on your front door with farver beans <laughs> yeah. and a nice yeah. Chianti, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> or maybe it'll be Biden because, you know, you know, he's got to be sucking down some, you know, adrenochrome to keep that whole thing going on, I guess. Oh, man. Yeah. What a creepy yeah. world we Boy. live in. I know. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it is. We're definitely living in a Psalm 91 uh, reality. <laughs> we are. You know, it's all coming coming to a head here. <clears throat> you know, back yeah. when, uh, you know, like when we were growing up or those in our age range were growing up back 50s, 60s, you know, and reading like Jack Van Impian, you know, you've mentioned him many times, and I listened to him also, and other um, uh, men and women of, of that type back in those days <clears throat> were um, – speaking about the events uh, back in those days and warning us to be ready, you know, at all times and warning us of that the rapture could happen any second now, you know. But, you know, some things that they're warning about, as we look back now at, to that time, uh, those um, those warnings of the imminence, did not come to pass, just like you mentioned earlier tonight about you, you've gone through in the last 10, 11 or so years so many prophecies. And these people that can really get into the heavy-duty mathematics of what happened, this happened, that happened, now based on all that, we can expect a rapture to happen on such and such a date and time. And it's all fallen, you know, fallen apart, those arguments. But we're we can look at the headlines, any news headlines, uh, whether mainstream, alternate, whatever, Internet, and we're definitely smack dab in the middle of things now. I mean, there's no denying it. Um, and so, you know, I, I still believe we, we can't put exact days and dates and times on things because one thing I believe, and I think you do too, John, is – God is still in control of this narrative. And one thing that that uh, we can learn about this narrative, that he's ultimately has the final say, you know. Now, you've said many times that God has allowed Lucifer on a long leash, okay? But it's still a leash. And God can call an audible anytime he wants. Now, where do we have evidence of that in the scripture? We have evidence of, in the initial creation, of course, when everything was perfect, is, uh, uh, I forget exactly, it's probably in Psalms, um, where God stretched out the heavens. And we generally understand that as being part of the original creation, of God stretching out the heavens as he, cre as he creating the heavens and then the earth. That's uh, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. <clears throat> but when we analyze the Luciferian Rebellion and the Angel Wars. Um, and we zero in on 
what's what's verse two really talking about? Okay, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. That's it. The, and the earth had become without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The deep translates into the abyss. What in the world happened between verse one and verse two that rendered an abyss scenario? That was never part of God's original game plan, plan A for his creation. What happened? Where did this darkness come from? So we explore this, these types of questions and realities in the uh, Peterson Chronicles that we ran from 2014 onward. Um, <clears throat> we deep dive into these kinds of questions and possible answers, especially through Scripture. Well, science is, uh, you know, the, from the microscope to the telescope, is discovering some of these mysteries that are embedded in God's Word, all, even if they don't realize it's embedded in God's Word. Uh, but they're um, providing the raw data, the raw analysis of what they're observing, simple observations, through a lot of years and decades, of course. And if they come across something that's new, like, wow, you know, and it might cause them to go back through prior decades of, of uh, raw data collection and re-examine the previous data to come up with new conclusions than what they had conclusions from years or decades ago. Just like <clears throat> we can understand, we might read a verse in Scripture today, and a year from now, we read it again, and we gain a whole new insight. Has God's word changed? No. It's the same word yesterday and t today and forever. It's our understanding of God's word that has changed, that's gotten deeper, wider, higher, you know. We've matured. So even the scientists in the secular realm mature in their research. If they're being honest in their research, and, and honestly want the truth of things, okay, then they will self-correct. They will say, hey, you know, this is what we thought about years and decades ago based on what we knew back then, but look at what we found out now, and now we're going to have to go back and, you know, re-examine previous data and come up with more in-line conclusions with the data we're seeing today. So I hope that makes sense, folks. Um, <clears throat> so... The abyss ties in with the Luciferian Rebellion and Angel Wars. So verse 2 in Genesis chapter 1 is basically a summary statement of something catastrophic that happened between verse 1 and verse 2 that rendered the earth without form. If you didn't know it was the earth, you wouldn't know it was the earth. It was so pummeled so badly that it was so badly damaged that you just wouldn't recognize it and had become void of life. So the implication there, and then we look over at Jeremiah chapter 4, verses, uh, what is it, 23 through 26, but <clears throat> it ties directly into Genesis 1, verse 2, with basically the same language. And the earth had become without form and void. The same Hebrew words, bohu and to, tohu, <laughs> I think it is, uh, are used, ply without form and void of life. 
And then Jeremiah goes into a little more detail, background information. You can basically take the whole chapter as a fill-in to explain verse 2 in Genesis 1, verse 2. You know, Genesis 1, verse 2. So you look, tie in Jeremiah chapter 4, specifically, specifically 23 through 26, if I remember correctly. And... I think it's 23, that's the direct tie-in, and you read down to 4, 5, 6 uh, for additional background information that there were cities here and no man was found anywhere. The birds had disappeared. Cities were gone. That implies if there were cities here prior to this destruction, that implies do you find cities with ants or horses or, you know, dinosaurs? You find cities with intelligent beings that have culture, that have civilization, that have language, mathematics, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's where you find cities, okay? Highly intelligent beings. So what, if that's the case, then what kind of highly intelligent beings were on this planet prior to it becoming rendered without form and void of life, which would imply that everything got obliterated here. Okay. Now, scientists have, uh, in the last several years or so, they've blobs down deep inside the Earth. You know, we have, what is it, the crust, mantle, and then, you know, it gets to the point where it's a molten core, okay? So there's that area where the magma resides, it's the molten rock resides, <clears throat> And you would think that the entirety all over the planet where there's this molten rock uh, core area, that it would be pretty much the same consistency. But they found that there's big blobs down in there that have not melted into a cons consistent consistency with the rest of magma. They're just blobs down there that aren't melting. And so they've come up with a theory that maybe these are either like huge asteroids or maybe protoplanets or maybe, in my opinion, might just be the evidence of Maldek that exploded, the exploded planet theory. Once upon a time, long, long ago, <laughs> Star Wars in our own solar system were – any enemy forces were gearing up, and godly forces were coming in, you know, etc. Right? And we had a big showdown in this our own very own solar system. Now, why here? Because this was an escape route outside, you know, beyond the gal uh, Milky Way galaxy. This solar system is on the outer skirts, outskirts of the Milky Way galaxy. It's like a spaceport of solar system. So um, once you un understand that, you know, because of our fallen state, we perceive things in 3D, you know, three-dimensional reality here. So typically we don't perceive fourth, fifth, higher dimensional realities that are all around us 24-7, you know, 365. We don't perceive those realities usually, okay? <clears throat> and so we don't perceive the notion that maybe Earth has more than one dimensional reality 
while we're here existing in a third dimension, there's some some beings that are existing in a fourth dimension all around us. And maybe a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth dimensional realities existing all around us, 24-7. All right, so when you think that this is a spaceport, we would typically think in the terms of three-dimensional, that uh, somebody from another planet in a three-dimensional spaceship would fly here and and, uh, land here and dock, you know, and uh, do some trading or get prepped for blasting off into the... Uh, in between, you know, solar uh, galaxies, Milky Way to wherever they're going, you know, that this would be like a launch point where they can uh, fuel up and get uh, food and whatever, you know, uh, um, whatever they need, like a Star Trek episode, right, <clears throat> before they blast off into the no, no man's land out there in space um, <clears throat> in em- empty regions between galaxies. So um, Star Trek Enterprise, colon Enterprise, um, is one of my favorite Star Trek TV series because they go into a a serious amount of detail on all kinds of topics. The odd thing is that that series, if I remember correctly, was the last in the TV series, and it started waning in the... um, the polls, so to speak, and viewership. And I, if that be true, I suspect it's because the information that that series was putting out was so high level that most of the viewership, it escaped their ability to grasp what was being talked about, what was being presented. So if you watch that, that specific Star Trek series, I think it'll give you a real big heads up on how things are here and out there. And once you grasp that, you'll get a better understanding of the angel wars and the technologies that they had. (laughs) Maybe multiply it by 10 to 100 times of what you watch in that TV series. That we're talking about, if there was a, a civilization on this planet, that would be a global civilization, and it would be high tech because it was before the wars broke out before the angel wars broke out. So there was eons of peace. And we know that for a high-tech civilization to take root even on this planet requires a lot of years, decades, eons of time for peace. And the longer you have living in peace, the more high-tech and capable you become because you're not being obliterated all the time, right? War obliterates civilizations and the technologies unless you are the victor of that war and can then dictate the rules afterwards. So, for example, World War II. The Germans, under the Nazi regime, from what I've read and watched and everything, what if they would have had another six months before the Allies had gained an upper hand to defeat them? What if they would have had another six months to enter into mass production of their V-2 rockets, their nuclear warheads, their uh, <clears throat> the uh, the bell, the Nazi bell for time displacement and travel back and forth, uh, if I remember that correctly, and what else? Flying saucer technology, okay, and <laughs> jet aircraft technology. If they had another six months, they could have won the war hands down. 
And we know that when Admiral Byrd sailed down Operation High Jump down to Antarctica with a whole (laughs) uh, bunch of naval ships, you know, ready to rock and roll, they weren't just going down there to explore Antarctica. They were going down. They knew that there was a Nazi holdout down there, and they're going down there to uh, kick some serious butt. And guess whose butt got kicked? Our our Navy got their butts kicked. We lost a lot of lives and ships, and we had to come back to the United States with our tail between our legs. <laughs> they seriously got kicked bad. So if the Nazis, the German industrials and stuff, had another six months to mass-produce things, what happened in the 47 would have happened in 45 and would have turned the tides of the war against the United States and allies. And we'd probably all be speaking German now, okay, <laughs> and goose-stepping all that stuff. Okay, so that's just a, an example of history within our time frame that the United States be, being the victor and allies being the victor was able to dictate the terms, the rules afterwards. And who gets to write the history books? And who gets to dictate the technologies? Okay, so on this planet, it was devastated, so there was nothing left. Even the planet itself was so badly beaten up, you wouldn't recognize it. Now, another way of looking at that is when Jesus was uh, handed over to the Romans, they beat him, we can read the accounts, and then the Passion Week of the Christ by Mel Gibson, Passion of the Christ, okay, that if you had the stomach to watch that movie, I would encourage you to watch his movie, The Passion of the Christ. I would say that is very extremely accurate. So the Romans took great pleasure in inflicting torture on their victims. And in Jesus' case, they pro- I would venture to say they even invented some new techniques and technologies to, impl- to inflict torture on Jesus. merciless torture so by the time we read about him being released and he's carrying his cross down through these narrow passageways to where he would eventually be crucified on the cross a lot of people didn't recognize who he was even his disciples had a hard time recognizing him because he was so badly disformed from being tortured bloody, um, ripped to shreds, his face was probably swollen, his body was probably swollen and bleeding, you know, just just a total mess. You wouldn't recognize him if you didn't know exactly who he was, okay? So picture the earth being that way, our very own planet here. Okay, so the enemy had taken up position on Maldek, this fifth planet, that's the planet between Mars and Jupiter. This would be the reptilians, the dracos. They had taken control over that planet for some time and uh, had become a dictatorship, just like what they're doing with our planet now in our time frame. The dracos, the reptilians, the shapeshifters have taken control of our planet, and they're in such control that they don't worry about us anymore. They can just come right out in plain sight of day and do their evil because anybody um, anybody that potentially could do something to stop this are compromised in some way 
or one fashion or another to not render justice where injustice is due. Even the Supreme Court of the United States, like John said earlier this evening, is compromised. Don't expect any true solutions from the Supreme Court. Don't expect any true solutions from Congress or from the presidency, no matter who's in office. It's all compromised. Your family doctor might be compromised. The hospitals may be compromised if the federal government is paying them big bucks to kill people and sweep it under the rug. Can you trust them anymore? Okay. <clears throat> so, remember uh, X-Files, one of the things was tr- uh, for Mulder was trust no one. We're almost at that point, folks, where we can't trust anybody. Can't even trust the pastors because they might be on this, um, these pastors that are, I forget what it's called, but they, uh, what, they're working under the auspices on behalf of the federal government to rat out their congregations. That's right. You go to your pastor and you tell them what's, what's happening to you and, and what you think about this and that and, uh, you know. And you don't know your pastor could be taking down notes in the, his uh, office. Uh, his computer is connected with, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, FEMA or NSA or somebody, you know, some of these groups, and ratting you out, forming a list. Forming a list of those to be taken down, taken out when the time comes. I'm sure I'm on a list. <laughs> I don't care. Because the only list I care about is Jesus' list. If you're worried about being on a list, folks, concern yourself with being on Jesus' list. That's the only list that truly matters. Be on his list. <laughs> okay? Any other list, you go ahead and do what you got to do, you know, but I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do. <laughs> okay? And uh, so... The enemy had taken up forces on Maldek, had conquered the planet from the uh, indigenous populations that were there previously. And they had taken over the planet, set up strongholds. And so we have a, a Death Star scenario. Now, we would think that typically we think that the, all the bad guys on this planet are all coordinated perfectly right so we think of for example the 13 illuminati bloodlines we think they're all working together for the eventual uh, outcome and for the most part on the surface that is how it is working but if you dig deeper you would probably find that if there's let's say illuminati family number two that there's you know they have certain uh, part of the world that they uh, oversee, and they have, you know, in charge of industries and finance and keeping the population under the thumbs, et cetera, et cetera, right? And, but something happens and to form a weakness in, in family number two, and then family number 11 takes advantage of to undermine family number two. So does that sound like they're in perfect cohesion with one another? Is kumbaya by the fire, you know, at a fire at night or something? Or are they, you know, scheming amongst themselves even? 
See, the true nature of the serpent, the serpent seed, the nature is to scheme. In the Old Testament, God is saying to bed at night, scheming, and you wake up in the morning scheming how you're going to defraud your fellow brothers and sisters, your neighbors. You know, you, you go to bed scheming, you wake up scheming. You're nothing but a bunch of schemers. And that's what he was saying about those called by his name in the Old Testament. Well, what about those not called by his name? <laughs> Think how much more are they go to bed scheming and wake up scheming and spend the whole waking moment scheming how to topple somebody else. So don't assume that all these 13 Illuminati bloodlines, the Council 300, the P2 Club, the Masons, Illuminati, the Synagogue of Satan have everything in perfect synchronicity with one another. Because once there's a a weakness somewhere, the others will exploit that because that's the nature of the serpent, the Dracos, shape-shifting reptilian. Okay, so, so we could picture the possibility that, okay, so the bad guys have set up shop on Maldek, but other bad guys were, were coming in in a Death Star scenario. Let's say what we saw in 1977, those who saw the movie in the theaters in 1977, I knew right then and there when I saw that, that was what really happened. That wasn't science fiction. That was a reflection of something that had, did happen long ago in our own solar system. Because I had already read books up to that point, read books that dealt with Mars, Jupiter, and the planet that used to be there that's now the asteroid belt. Okay, so whether it was a Death Star scenario, another scenario is that Mars and, and Maldek broke out in a, some type of space war involving super-enhanced nuclear weapons that finally got the upper hand to blow Maldek with nuclear, nuclear weapons. Um, but it'd have to be something that we're publicly are not familiar with that kind of enhanced nuclear weapon. It would have to be, you could maybe call it nuclear, but it'd have to be something super enhanced. Maldek was something like five times the size of Earth. It was a big planet, much bigger than Mars. Okay, so if you're just taking like a nuke, today's nukes, you think what Russia has. <clears throat> they they have the nukes, uh, they're called the Satan II missiles, okay? I suspect they probably have Satan III missiles that haven't advertised to the rest of the world that will render a complete city as though it never existed. All the people, all the buildings, everything gone in a flash. It's all gone. Atomized, blasted to bits, blasted into the kingdom come, okay? Gone. <clears throat> all right, so picture... If you have, if if Russia has that capability now, picture what a super civilization in this angel wars would have had, capable of a nuclear weapon that might have been able to take out an entire planet, if you could gain access to that kind of technology, and maybe Mars had access to that and Maldek didn't. Who knows? Okay, but that's one scenario that they launched nukes back and forth against each other, and Maldek was blown. Another possibility is. That this um, the Nibiru, planet X, the black sun system, wraps around every 3,600 years. And maybe during this Angel Wars scenario, that it too had 
been swinging into our solar system and one of its planets collided with one of our planets. Now, if that be the case, there should be evidence. You know, scientists are really, you know, they have spent decades looking at things out there, right? Astrophysicists and looking through the telescopes and space probes and everything. So they've had a lot of time already to try to do their best to analyze, okay, what is in that asteroid belt? What's floating around in there? To to determine, okay, well, we got ones that look like this, and other ones look, look at that, and, you know, what, what are we looking at, okay? So I would say if that be the case, a planet colliding with a planet, rendering both of them into an asteroid belt, there should be evidence of Maldek, and there should be plan, uh, evidence of this other planet colliding together. There would be fragments, asteroids, fragments, etc. And Maldek was a fully formed planet with an atmosphere and oceans, etc., and civilizations, okay, just like your Earth, but about five times bigger. Okay, <clears throat> so picture a sudden a planet exploding. Uh, by whatever means, you have a sudden, instantaneously rapid co uh, cooling effect. So you might have an ocean, and because of the, you know, if you suddenly freeze ocean, it turns into ice, right? Sudden, rapid freezing of water everywhere, turning into solid blocks of ice. And all life that's in the oceans, in the lakes, etc., frozen within that ice and then it gets smashed to, to pieces. You have some that's atomized, some that's big chunks that later become uh, comets, okay? Later become comets. So as we look at comets today, and we realize, well, they're like dirty ice, okay? Well, that's ice. The key component there is ice. Is that ice a form from a former ocean on Maldek? And is there like a whale embedded in that ice, or porpoises, or some dinosaur type of creature that might be embedded in there if we could capture it and have it melt down and find out just what's in there you know from microbes to you know is there a dinosaur in there some kind of um, life form that might have existed back then before it got obliterated okay so there's all these possibilities what are we looking at okay so a planet Two, possibly two planets get blown to bits, colliding into each other. So there should be evidences of two planets, not just one. So if it was a, a Death Star scenario or a nuclear weapon type of scenario exchanged between Mars and Maldek, then there would be evidences of nuclear type of radiation, some kind. There would not be evidence of a planetary collision. There would be evidences of a warfare scenario, not a planetary collision. So we need to know, find out what are we looking at in that asteroid belt. And then to realize that however Maldek was destroyed, that um, especially through a Star Wars scenario or a nuclear weapon exchange scenario, a high-tech type of nuclear exchange, that, again, we typically think in terms of th our three-dimensional reality. Well, if we understand that there's other dimensions around us, okay, so as this planet or if there was two planets that collided and they both exploded, but the fragments are going in 360-degree different directions and multidimensional. 
because some t scientists believe that if you put all the mass of all the asteroids and the dust in the asteroid belt back together, you don't get enough quite there to form a planet. Well, of course, because some of the chunks blasted into Jupiter and other planets, you know, that might have been in line of the of wherever the chunks went out, you know, in the 360 degrees, right, and multidimensional. Someone might have blasted into Jupiter, some into Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, etc. maybe floating out there in space. One of those, you know, every 300 years something comes whizzing by, one of those rare one events that come whizzing by on a very elliptical trajectory. And then some chunks would have blasted into Mars. We know that there was a massive pummeling of Mars that wiped out its civilization. Its atmosphere was ripped away. And we know now, that there's, I knew 40-some years ago from reading books, that there was lakes and rivers and life on Mars long ago. But science, you know, they may come up with theories, but they like to uh, take it step by step. And you, you can understand why they do that, step by step. And it's not like you can just drive drive over to Mars and take a soil sample or air sample, you know, or look for life and then drive back to your laboratory, you know. It's a long ways away, and you got to send space probes and have all that technology to do this. And they're doing as many tests as they can think of while they have a probe there on Mars and send the results back to Earth to, to analyze things. So they, they, they are always careful about what they, they think about something because they don't want to jump the gun and have egg on their face. You can understand that. But for those of us who've read uh, ancient accounts, you know, from the ancients, the, the uh, legends and the stories have been handed down for millennia and, uh, in more in modern books to like books that I read 40 some years ago it's a no brainer that there was life on Mars and it's no brainer that there was a planet where the asteroid belt is it's a no brainer so something happened that obliterated and in the process of obliterating that fifth planet Mars got wiped out and what if these big blobs inside the earth's molten core are big chunks of moldic that slammed into the earth. Now imagine living here at that time. And you know wars <laughs> on your doorstep. And earth defenses are on high alert. Okay, well they can, uh, you know, take on the guys, <laughs> whoever's the bad guys, right? If you're the bad guys, you think the good guys are the bad guys, right? And if you're the good guys, you think the bad guys are the bad guys. So, you know, it depends on what side of the fence you're on, what side of the battlefield you're on, who the good guys, bad guys are. But Earth defenses are on high alert for what if there was a Death Star scenario to try to fight the Death Star or if there was a nuclear exchange between Mars and Maldek, well, maybe there was about to be one with the Earth twos, but on high alert. But when Maldek exploded, what in the world could you possibly do to defend Earth? from a huge chunk of Moldek, maybe two or three, coming in at super speed. You've only got hours. You cannot evacuate the planet. You can only evacuate the few that are on the inside knowing about this. Just like today, we have the secret space program. And when the crap comes down on this planet, the elite 
have their escape plans already in place to blast off into space via the secret space program and settle on another planet. And some of them probably have done that already. But it would be restricted to within the fallen one-third of the original creation. thing to understand is we know that history repeats itself. And now we have a clear example that if this war broke out in our own solar system and Earth had its Earth's defenses on standby alert, ready to rock and roll, but how do you defend a planet when a, a big planet explodes, sending huge chunks in your direction and you only have hours to get off the planet and out of harm's way? So big chunks and possibly Maldek, and if there was a second planet involved, maybe chunks from that slamming into the Earth, wiping out everything, even rendering the Earth without form and void of life. And Venus becoming a hellish hothouse where typical life could no longer exist as we think of life. So our, only, so our own solar system has been impacted by Star Wars, by Angel Wars. A high-tech war scenario, possibly involving also the exploded, exploded planet scenario with Maldek exploding by one means or another. So God decides this, this is a real Angel Wars with real, not nice, cuddly little cherubs floating on clouds strumming a harp for all eternity. We're not talking about that type of angels, okay? We're talking about we have to dig deep in the scripture to figure this out. Now, a lot of Christians think, well, there's no life out there because if there was, a Bible would say something about it. Well, the Bible does say something about it. It's just that we've been taught wrong. And because we've been taught wrong, then we believe wrong. And then our eyes be, re, remain closed to the scriptures that do talk about these issues. So I grew up under the traditional model, and I thank God I did, because it gave me a good, excellent foundation of scriptural knowledge and faith in, in Jesus Christ. So I thank God for that traditional model. But the traditional model goes only so far, and then it cuts off. And if you want to go further than that, then there's issues with a, a church or a pastor or congregants. You know, there's issues. And I've been through all that. I won't go into detail tonight on the show. I've gone into detail on previous shows and, and uh, Peterson Chronicles, some of the things I've encountered in all the years of going down rabbit holes and in and out of rabbit holes and uh, trajectories and everything. And it can get really scary because I had no mentor to mentor me on any of this. But Jesus was there to help me. If it hadn't been for Jesus' intervention in my life at certain inflection points, I would have been lost in space. <laughs> okay. That, uh, what is it, a 60s TV show. I loved that show as a kid growing up, Lost in Space. <clears throat> Even that show, in my adult life, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I was watching it. It was 
reruns on late night TV. So I was watching some of those episodes. And I'm looking now as an adult after 40-some years of learning all this stuff, and I'm thinking, man, even in Lost in Space, they had some incredibly advanced material in there, incredibly advanced material. If you can look past the childishness of that series and look at what it's actually the undercurrent of those shows showing you. It's very advanced. So we had our own version of Star Wars in our own solar system. And, um, okay, so we dig into, realize that verse 2, again, under the traditional model, we read verse 1 through 31, I think it is, straight through, without realizing that there is a deviation between verse 1 and verse 2 called the gap theory. And most people, most Christians, most students will dismiss the gap theory as crazy, crazyville. And it's of the devil and all that kind of business. Not taking into consideration the arguments in favor of the gap theory. Because the gap theory is, the only, in my opinion, is the only theory that explains the missing links. So we go into Jeremiah chapter 4. And I've covered other places in the book of Job. There's certain sections of scripture that directly tie into this time time period of the earth being rendered without form and void. And um, Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel 28, which I want to uh, dig into somewhat tonight here. So to understand Lucifer... Um, there's a lot of misconception in the world. Of course, Hollywood has its version, and it even has a popular TV show in the last uh, few years called Lucifer. <laughs> try to bring Lucifer down to, uh, you know, human terms of understanding who Lucifer is. And I, I've never watched the series. I think that I watched the first few minutes of the opening episode, and that was it for me. I don't, I don't care to uh, watch that series at all because I know who he is I know who he was, and I know where he's going in the end of things, okay, because of what the Bible says. So we go to Ezekiel 28, and this is not, this is uh, from uh, 12 through 19, and you'll find a lot of people, especially doctorates of biblical studies, that this is talking about a man, not a character, a Lucifer character, this make-believe bad guy, you know, it's in the cosmos somewhere. This is only talking about an earthly man. Well, when you read through this, you read through the descriptions of the description of this being, could it be anybody as a man when the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Does that sound like if all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, does that sound like anybody's perfect in that scenario? Okay, no. You, Verse 12, you were the seal of perfection. Right there, folks, the seal of perfection. There was not one iota of imperfection in this being. He was the seal of of perfection, full to overflowing with godly wisdom and perfect in godly beauty. Verse 13, you were in Eden, the garden of God. This is the original garden of God, not the remake on this planet of which Adam and Eve were brought forth. This is the original Eden, the garden of God. 
Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper. Jasper has a special understanding for me. <laughs> I'll maybe get into that at a later show. It makes it very personal. Sapphire, turquoise, and emerald inlaid in gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Now, a lot of people have uh, theorized, well, this is talking about some kind of, this garden of God was a rock garden. And there's nine uh, primary rocks or stones in this garden that uh, this being was in charge of, okay, or, or something like that. You know, charge of a rock garden. That sounds really interesting, right? If you're like a geologist or somebody who studies rocks, that might be very interesting, but that's not what this is talking about. Uh, the work, workmanship of your timbrels and pipes. Okay, so there's something that, deal, that deals here with music, that this being was, had something to do with music. And uh, a lot of people, I believe correctly, have determined that this being was in charge of leading God's angels in praises and glories, you know, in songs, praises, you know, and glories and hallelujahs throughout all creation. So I feel that is a correct interpretation. But what these nine stones, okay, we go over to um, Exodus. Um, off the head, remember if it's chapter 20 where it details the specs for Aaron and the priesthood that the high priest under the, under the 12 sons of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Jacob, would have, each tribe had a stone. So each stone, there was 12 stones in the breastplate inlaid in gold on this breastplate, a three three by four, is it or four by three uh, arrangement of these stones inlaid in gold, and that was the breastplate that the high priest would place over the ephod. And there was other um, hallowed um, clothing items as well as other um, items like the two stones one on each of, of the uh, shoulder shoulder stones that were all um, dedicated only for the high priest to wear okay so we can borrow from that example over in exodus and we bring it back here to 13 verse 13 what this plainly tells us folks but indirectly you have to draw the connections to understand that verse 13 is telling us that this being that we call Lucifer was the high priest of the nine stone covenant, what would become the nine angelic orders. And each order of angels had a top angel that was represented by that stone, just like each of the tribes of Jacob, of the 12 tribes, each tribe had its stone, and each stone had its son of origin correlating with that stone under Jacob slash Israel. So each of these stones, in he was the living ephod, the living breastplate before the throne of God. He represented, he was the high priest. Now, this was before there was any sin, so he didn't have to atone for the sins of anybody because it didn't exist at this point. So even at this point, the role of a high priest was to represent creation, to bring the praises, the petitions, etc. of creation to the throne, and then to take from the throne of God the answers 
to those praises and petitions, as well as the latest uh, word of God hot off the press to, to the rest, rest of creation. So the high priest was the nexus, the go-between, okay, part of God's governmental structure of things, of his creation. Okay, so he was the high priest of the nine stone covenant of the nine angelic orders. You can count on that. Verse 3, 13 is telling us that. 14, you were the anointed cherub who covereth. I established you. Okay, so Lucifer was the anointed cherub who covereth. Covereth what? Covereth God's creation. He was the high priest representing creation before the throne. The high priest who covereth. And God established him as such. This wasn't some act of evolution. It wasn't some act of revolution. This was God had established Lucifer in this position, in this um, in this job description, okay? You were on the holy mountain of God. The holy mountain of God is God's top governmental structure over his creation as well as external to his creation. See, we God, uh, by definition of him being eternal, pre-existed Genesis 1-1. That should be easily understandable, that God, the Godhead, existed prior to Genesis 1-1. So God, by definition of who he is, his character, has some kind of, even before Genesis 1-1, had some type of governmental structure and order of things. There was some kind of reality that existed before Genesis 1-1. Scientists today have come to that conclusion that there had to have been a universe prior to our existing universe. See, the scientists today are getting really close to what the Bible has been saying all along. They're a little late to the party, but they're getting close, <laughs> closer. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. Those would be God's top angelics that he created after Lucifer. Lucifer was the first created of created beings, and then God proceeded to create other angelic beings. So we can picture that God would have separately created each of the nine angelic orders, the, the top angel that would be the, the top of that angelic order or tribe of angels, that top angel of those nine, that would later become known as the council of the nine. That's reflected in ancient Egyptian um, gods, the nine gods of ancient Egypt, and there's other cultures that had nine gods, okay? That's a big bingo right there. Anywhere you see nine is reflective of Lucifer's reality that goes all the way back here before things got corrupted. He had nine stones, each stone representing a tribe of angelics, and that tribe expanding like a pyramid. Further and further down you go, the, the more wider the base. You have civilizations of angelics everywhere you look throughout creation. So God's original creation embedded within Genesis 1-1 is multiversed, multiple dimension, multiple heavens, multiple realms, multiple realities, and smorgasbord of life forms all in all. That's the God I serve. Not a God that 
created a flat earth with a dome over the top and we're just a bunch of ants in his ant farm, okay? That doesn't uh, excite me one bit, okay? Or he created this vast creation out there, but we're the only planet that has any life whatsoever. That doesn't uh, excite me one bit. But when the Lord showed me that he created multiverses and multiple dimensions and multiple heavens and multiple realms and multiple realities and smorgasbord of life forms all in all. Now that excites me <laughs> because there's just tons and tons of stuff out there waiting. He has prepared for those who have committed themselves to his son, Jesus Christ as part of their rewards for running this race here. Running this race and completing this race. There's a lot to look forward to. Apostle Paul, Jesus himself, said, He who endureth to the end shall be saved. And then Apostle Paul goes in great uh, detail at certain scriptures of uh, comparing it to running a race. You You can't win the race if you don't enter the race. And if you enter the race but don't finish the race, you can't win the race. You can't run up right up next to the finish line and then sit there like the hare does and go to sleep while the tortoise, you know, on you know, takes forever to get. But the tortoise is the one who crosses the finish line while the hare falls asleep. How many people sitting in churches throughout the world have fallen asleep? And they're not going to, when the nukes go off, and, you know, in, in our more immediate time frame, and then the aliens show up, alien invasion, and all these, uh, like, seal number six unleashes all over the world, and there's a global earthquake. And then we have the seal number seven, which is the wrath of the Lamb of God. My goodness, folks. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're sleeping through all that, any number of these disasters could take you in your slumbers and take you in your sins. And you won't be allowed to finish, cross the finish line then. So I suggest, and I raise my hand too, okay, I'm talking to myself, we got to do what we can now while we have right now because we're not assured of tomorrow, we're not assured of even the next second to ensure as best we can that we will cross that finish line. To stay there as often as you need to, as you're led to, and to confess your sins, plead the blood of Jesus, ask him to wash you clean as much as you feel you need to. Wash you clean, wash your sins away, all your unrighteousness, even from former generations. Because we're living in that time, okay? Looking back 40, 50, 60 years ago, we thought back then at any moment now, but here we are now today, but you know, Back then, the world elite simply did not have the technology to wrap their arms completely around this planet, to afflict this planet with their dictates. But now that technology exists for them to do this, to wrap their arms around the entirety of this planet and force everybody here to abide by their dictates. They now have that technology. So that's been the game changer. That's why, okay, you could look back and say, well, those things didn't come to pass. So uh, the Bible warns us that 
people in the last days will be mocking God's word and God's truth, saying, well, you know, everything's continued the same ever since creation onward, you know, so what are we worried about? Go out and party, you know, and uh, do, do, do whatever you want to do. You know, there's no judgment coming. When they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed the next second. So we need to get real. But we need to finish, cross that finish line. And so <clears throat> for those who do cross the finish line, there are great rewards in their hereafter. Because what, when Lucifer and his fallen, fallen ones fought this war, in the in the heavens and the cosmos that created this destructive rift throughout God's creation and God had to make a decision whether to allow it to continue or put the brakes on it so we typically believe under this fall uh, what I call a fallen one-third of creation now it, whether it's exactly one-third of God's original creation or it's a third part a third part does not necessarily mean one-third, you see, if you know what I'm saying. The first might, part might be 50%, the second part might be, what, 30%, and the third part might be 20% if we're dealing in parts. But if we're dealing in percentages, see, I don't know. That's why I just call it the fallen third. That's what Genesis 1, verse 3 through 31 and into Chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, are talking about is God's restoration of the fallen third. It's not talking about the original creation that's embedded in Genesis 1.1. It's talking about the restoration. God, and for day one, could have jumped all the way to the end of the book of Revelation to hold his great white throne judgment right then and right there. And how many of us, it's only speculation, but how many of us would have been condemned at that moment? That gets into a more understanding. I'm kind of running out of time tonight. A uh, deeper understanding of who we are, why we're here kind of thing, you know, who's who and how do we get here and all that business. But God, see, back in, in uh, for John and I, back in our, our earlier years, you know, yeah, it could happen any moment. Well, yeah, it could have. But how many of us back then, 40, 50, 60 years ago, would have been ready? Had Jesus come at that moment, that second, how many of us would have been cut short? We would not have been ready to meet Jesus. So I believe that oftentimes God has his plan. There are certain times, okay, that are set, but he and he alone holds the audible, the right to call an audible to once again stretch out the heavens. What that means, stretching out the heavens, there's a deeper meaning to that correlating back to Genesis 1, verse 2. Darkness was upon the face of the abyss. Okay, uh, that, that abyss was the original point of singularity. There's a possibility that up to one-third of God's original creation was shrunk down to a, sing, a point of singularity. Now, for those of you who are claustrophobic, can you imagine up to one-third of creation being shrunk down, shrunk down to a point of singularity? <laughs> you wouldn't have any room to breathe, to see, to do anything, even to think a thought. No room at all. That ties into a original Star Trek episode where Kirk is what beamed, uh, beamed onto a planet with a fake Starship Enterprise uh, mock-up uh, 
there, and lo and behold, he was beamed down to a, a planet where they literally have uh, such a population, population overload that nobody even has any elbow room. No, no place they can go to be alone. And that young lady then is allowed to go into this mock-up <laughs> of the control control room there on the Enterprise, and it was the first time she's ever experienced room, uh, enough room around her to be considered alone from everybody else. Okay, so imagine being on a planet where there's so many people, population overload, that you don't even have el- any elbow room. Think of oh, everybody's bad breath, you know. Hey, where's the mints? You got to have some mints somewhere, you right? Um, and other, um, you know, things that happen with uh, human bodies or human-like bodies on the other side of uh, our bodies, right? Uh, hand out the mints, please. You know. Okay, so take that example and then shrink it down to a point of singularity. Then take that understanding and shrink a whole third, possibly a third of God's original creation and shrink it down to a point of singularity. So that's what that abyss represents, in my opinion. And once again, what God had to do is he had to reach into that point of singularity and stretch those heavens out one more time. It did so originally in the original creation when it was part of the original creation. Now it's shrunk down. Now God has to reach in there on day one. He speaks forth his light. He's stretching out the heavens in this realm of singularity. So it can take dimensionality once again. It can take the uh, that part of the multiverse that was in this, the part of the dimensions, the heavens, the realms, the, the entities, the beings that were all shrunk down to expand them out have elbow room again. <laughs> hey, it's that music, man. Yeah, <laughs> rats. <laughs> I was on a roll. <laughs> uh, I know, but I also know when you get on a roll, man, it's going to go on for, well, I, well, what's going to happen is I'm going to fall asleep. And I'm going to be laying here, and like three hours later, Blog Talk Radio will like set off some kind of a freaky deaky alarm, and everybody yeah. will be in bed, and they'll be like, man, that was really getting interesting, but I'm so tired. I, I don't I know. think I can stay up another <laughs> second. I know, and you're way out in the, like the Dakotas, man. That's not fair. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. then plus, of course, you know, you're you're retired, so you're, you, you know, believe me, you don't want to have to go. Imagine, <clears throat> here's a good way to analogy for explaining what happened to me with this assignment. I arrived on the scene. My boss said, hey, there's a job, and I'm assigning you to it. Go over to the corner of East and Main Street, and you will meet the client. You go over to the client. The client says, oh, good. You're the guy they sent us to build us a 10-story building. Excellent. And then you look over in the van with your company logo, and you see you have two pieces of plywood and a shovel. And they tell you they need it to be done in two weeks. And then everybody's yeah. mad at you, and, you know, your job's on the line, and they're holding meetings. Why are you going to retire? And you're, like, sitting there going, you handed me a bag of Labrador, <laughs> and yeah. you, you want me to build a 10-story building? Can't I even yeah. have some toothpicks? Did anybody yeah. write a contract? Who made yeah. this stuff up? 
and then yeah. you're stuck holding the bag. You're like just going, yeah. you got to be joking me, man. Yeah, yeah, and, I know. I, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. You know, in my past. I know, yeah. I know you have. We've yeah. talked about it before. Yeah. God yep. bless you, brother. I'll tell you what, I'm Well, I'm not just I'm, tired. I might, I'm beaten. <laughs> I'm, I might be, quote, unquote, retired from my um, career background. But I'm still quite busy day to day, to where sometimes I want oh. to pull my hair out. You know? Oh no! I, a friend of mine at work <laughs> retired. I, I'll never be able to retire. I'll have to work until I drop over dead, unless Jesus comes and rescues me, maybe. But um, but yeah, I, I, a friend of mine, Todd, retired, and I'm so jealous. I told him, "Are you absolutely sure you and your wife don't need a butler? Because I don't uh, need a lot yeah. of space, and I'll I'll stay in the basement and just like yeah. bring you guys drinks and stuff." And he's like, yeah. he says to me, he goes, "My wife thinks you're a little bit crazy." <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, so I'm going to send him like, that's something I've never heard before. Right. And then, um, yeah. so I, I, I'm sending him this picture of a shirt I found that says, I'm not really retired. I just work for my wife now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> there you go. Right? <laughs> that's uh, right. Yeah. There's no end to it all. And no, then, oh, gosh. oh man. Uh, anyway, Great message. Very interesting. Thank you, Lauren. God bless you. Um, uh, I'm excited. I hope, I don't know, you know, in a way I, I miss doing the Peterson Chronicles because we could focus a lot more on some things, but um, the way things are going right now, you know, to your point that our hearts could stop any second now, that's a pretty sobering (laughs) thought. Because the way I'm feeling right now, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't wake up tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, boy. I, I, um, yeah, I tell you, with with everything going on and stuff, you know, I just, for me personally, I just, I do, you know, I plead Jesus' blood over myself and my family, my loved ones and my friends, you know, I literally plead his blood. And I go into, you know, a no weapon formed against so-and-so shall prosper, that kind of thing, you know, um, yeah. to, start, to start living that way. Yeah. They can detonate a nuclear warhead over my head, and you know. God's you will do. be done. You know, yeah. God's will be done. Whether I'm here yeah. to survive, whether I'm blasting into heaven, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing about it is I'm, you know, like I'm one of those people that like if you put me in an Iranian prison and then send Rocky Balboa in and start punching me out, I, you know, I'm yeah. going to crack. And that's where yeah. I'm at right now. I'm going to crack. And, you know, we're supposed yeah. to be like Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't call down, you know, he could have called down legions of angels. Yep. You know, he could have done a, any, you know, many miraculous things to save, you know, yeah. the, all the way. But no, he bore that cross. He drugged that. He yeah. did all, all the. And wow. I mean, and that's really how we're supposed to be. And so, yeah. you know, I have got to get myself. I think all of us have to figure out and pray our way into a place where, um, you know, we Rocky Balboa can be punching us out. And, you know, all we say is Jesus loves you. God bless you. Pow! Ow, that hurt. Uh, Jesus <laughs> yeah. loves you. Bam! Ow! Yep. Hey, uh, just thought I'd like to let you know that Jesus loves you. Bam! You know, so I'm getting ready to go to bed and wake up tomorrow so I can put on that smiley yep. face and say, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> this is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm hoping that I can do that instead of, like, look at my phone and go, 
no way am I getting up at this hour. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Because yeah. there's yeah. those times when I got, when, when, you know, you're going through a horrible, and it's like, oh, no. I can't believe it. You know, you're just dreading logging into your laptop. You're just like going, yeah. oh, man. But anyway, but, you know, we got to think about this. I mean, I, I, I know there's more coming. I know things are going to get uglier. We all ought to know about that by now. We don't know how yeah. fast it will all happen and all that kind of stuff. We don't know if we'll get any rest. We don't know if the satanic minions will eat their young and, and you know, send, you know, Fauci to, to you know, a painful, horrible death because they do that kind of stuff. Um, sure. But, um, you know, that's, that's their modus operandi. But, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, I'm so tired right now. It's like, man, if I if if I even saw if if I even saw Billy Bob Thornton, I'd be like running over, grabbing him and shaking him and say, "Where's the rocket?" (laughs) (laughs) I want on that thing right now, man. (laughs) Yeah, get me off this planet. (laughs) I know, right? Alien. What am I doing here? It is. Why did I Uh, Why did I sign up for this mission? (laughs) I know. What was I thinking? Yeah, oh, man. Oh, I should have had God. a V8. I I know. If I slap my forehead so, as hard as it needs to be slapped, I'll probably show up in another dimension and go, "Oh no, what did I do?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, reptilians That's all right. around chasing me down the road trying to eat me and stuff. Oh yeah. man. Anyway, I'd, I'd rather join Shammy and like deal with the lions. Anyway. Yeah. God bless you, brother. Thank you for joining us tonight. God yeah. bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yep. We will see you. Thank Let you. me see. It's Wednesday, January the twelfth. Uh, hopefully my Z-Pack will work and everything, and we'll see you at the Friday Night Prayer Vigil, 7 p.m., Lord willing. God bless you all. Thank Amen. You so God much. bless you all. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace, redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you, we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds for they shall see my glory.